Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. All right, all right, all right. What's going on? What's going on? You're you're listening to Yusuf L. On the baddest radio network on the planet. High Frequency Radio. I've got all by my drops. Peace. I've been having this camera. I just got some different lighting. Camera been good the whole time. Peace, peace, peace. Give me a sound check, everybody. Give me a sound check. Sound check. Sound check. Peace. What's good? What's good? What's going on? What's going on? All right, sound check good. Getting it down pretty good. All right, all right, all right. What's up? What's up? All right, well, how's everybody doing today? Letting y'all get, all get in. Hit the like button as you come in. Like, comment, and subscribe. You know, I'm kind of like, kind of mixing some things today. I'm kind of like doing some spirituality, but I'm going to do some, you know, some privatization, some status stuff, you know, because it kind of mixed together. I kind of want to talk to y'all about, about processes and about people forgetting to always think about natural laws when you're doing any of these processes. What was really interesting is when I first came into this information, there was a document that I had. It was called um, Dealing with Presentments and Creditors in Their Bonds. And both of those documents had an introduction that dealt with spirituality before you got into any type of discussion about, um, you know, remedies or anything like that. Um, the first thing that was discussed was, you know, the spiritual aspect of all of this, and um, which you cannot exclude in anything that you're involved in. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, and I'm going to start with creditors and their bonds, and I'm going to read this to you because I think this is very, very important. And it's dealing with cause and effect, which cause and effect, as you know, is one of the seven principles of natural laws, cause and effect. For every cause, there's an effect. For every effect, there's a cause. This is why you have procedures that you have to follow and systems and things like that in place. If you want to get a specific result, you have to take a specific action. I would be wise for people to remember that and not forget that principle. So I want to start off. This is a document. It's called Creditors and Their Bonds. And I'm going to read a section of this for you. And I think you will like this. It is creditors and their bonds. And right here you can see every effect has a cause. Every cause starts with a thought. Remedy starts by changing your thinking. Um, This right here goes to the root of everything that I've been saying on this channel is that thought. Your thought is the source of all things, how you choose to think. You know, there have been times people, they come to me all the time, and they always, they'll say, you know, I had this with court, and I got into it with everybody in my county. And, you know, they did this and they did that to me. And I'm asking the question, why are you always getting in trouble? 
Why are you always having all of these issues? All right? You have to start and think and reevaluate and look at your situation and look at what part you're playing in the situation that you're in. And what I mean by, by what part you're playing, how are you thinking about the situation? How are you thinking about it? You got to start right there. All right. So let's get back. It says, law of cause and effect. Every action generates a force of energy that returns to us in like kind. What we sow is what we reap. And what we choose, and when we choose actions that bring happiness, success to others, the fruit of our karma is happiness and success. The seven spiritual laws of success, Deepak Chopra. And I'm sure some of you are familiar with Deepak Chopra. Uh, Chopra. He's a spiritual advisor, and he understands this principle as well, cause and effect. Like brings like. If you want good results, this is why one of the four rules is stay in honor at all costs. If you want somebody to be honorable with you, you need to be an honorable individual. There's also why in equity it says you cannot get equity unless you do equity. You, only, you can only get what you give. Uh, so don't ask me any questions while I'm doing this right now. Why are you asking me questions in the chat? I'm sitting here talking. I'm doing a monologue right now. I'm not answering any questions. All right, let's get back right here. It says, the laws under which we live operate to our – and this is what I mean. You're, you're sitting here. I'm, I'm going to use you as an example. Somebody came in and asked, use of the case has been no build. Can or should a person seek recoupment after? And we're sitting here talking about natural laws that are immutable laws that if you understood these laws, it'll help you understand your situation all the more. That's why y'all have so many problems, because you do not have any respect for natural laws. When wisdom is being coming at you, you duck. Only a fool ducks when the truth is thrown at him. You so, you so in a hurry to get an answer to your question, you don't realize that the question is being answered. You know? Yeah, you just want to talk about a conviction. You, you got a conviction because of your thinking. Everything that happens to you, you are the reason for. So it goes on. It says, the laws under which we live operate to our advantage. This is talking about the natural laws. Right? This should have been spelled with a capital L. The laws are to your advantage because you get what you give. All you have to do is change your thinking and give out. You have to, and you have to give in order to receive. All conditions and experiences that come to us are for our benefit. We gain strength in proportion to the effort expended. Our happiness is best attained through a conscious cooperation with natural laws. The laws under which we live are designed solely for our advantage. The laws are immutable, and we cannot escape their operation. Difficulties, disharmonies, and obstacles indicate that we are either refusing to give up what we no longer need or refusing to accept what we require. All conditions and experiences that come to us do so for our benefit. Difficulties and obstacles will continue to come until we absorb their wisdom and gather from them the essentials of further growth. That we reap what we sow is mathematically exact. We gain permanent strength exactly to the extent of the effort required to overcome difficulties. So once again, I'm going to use the example in the chat where somebody's asking me the question, Yusuf, if the case has been no build, okay, can or should a person seek recoupment after? Why are you asking me that question? No build, you didn't get it. You didn't win. No build is not a win. You know, that's not a win because it's been no build. Also, if there's a way to clear that from the record since it's kind of ruled that it's not enough evidence to convict, I, that sounds like he's going to come back, you know, and later, and I don't know what no build means either. What do you mean no build? You know, what do you mean no build? Uh, you know, what you're talking about they didn't indict you. You didn't get a true bill. You know, 
Why are you looking for a recruitment? Why are you looking for revenge? <laughs> what is it that you're trying to see? What type of recruitment on what? If it got no bills, you didn't get bills. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to, I don't understand what you're asking. The thing about it is, is that your effort, the thing that the, the, the situation that you're in, you create it, and the remedy is to think in a certain way. The reason I'm bringing this up is you should be able to visualize what you want and just do it. That's the remedy that you have. You don't have to ask me what you need to do. You need to evidence your remedy. Claims and recruitment is UCC 3-305, and claims to an instrument is UCC 3-306, and you'd have to establish that you're the holder in due course, that'd be UCC 3-302. So have you read that in the UCC? Because you're talking about recruitment, have you done the requisite study to understand why you would even answer that question or ask that question? Or is this some sort of attempt to test the limits of my knowledge, which is stupid and stupid because I know this stuff like the back of my hand. So you need to go ahead and think about what you want to do and visualize it. That's what they're talking about in here as well. Let's get back to this. It says right here, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the law. Right there when you see the word law, Lord. Lord and law are the same thing. The Lord, the Lord, the law lords over everything. All right? So when you commit your works to the law, when you understand, when you bring yourself into harmony with natural law, when you order your thinking, when you can visualize what it is that you want, okay, the result will, all, will always be exactly in proportion to the level of energy you put in the thought behind it. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as our purpose, so shall it stand. Where a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Proverbs 16, 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, what that shall he reap also. Galatians 6, 7. And this is one of my favorite ones right here. This is a Native American uh, proverb that gets into it very, very good. It says, key Native American was teaching his grandchildren about life. He said to them, a fight is going on inside me. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One wolf represents fear, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other stands for joy, peace, love, hope, sharing, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, friendship, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person, too. They thought about it for a minute, and then one child asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. And that means is, when the one you feed is, what are you thinking about all the time? What is that? I was thinking about the Daryl Brooks case, and I was looking at his um, demeanor early on in the case, and trying to come to an understanding of how he got himself into that particular situation. You know, a lot of people commenting under my last video talking about, oh, he drove a car through an, a, a group of people and killed six people and so forth. And I'm not denying that. That wasn't the point of what I was talking about. The point was I was talking about, did he get due process? It doesn't matter if somebody does something or kills somebody. You have to give them due process of law. Fuck what you feel about something. Okay, because when you deny due process to one person, you're denying due process to yourself. You're putting yourself in danger. When you allow your public servants to circumvent uh, uh, the process, due process, that the protections under the Constitution, you're opening the door for that to happen to you. 
And you also, you don't need to pass judgment on anybody anyway, because as I said, you don't have all the facts. This is why we have a Matthew 7 1. Judge not, at least you be judged, because the judgment you meet out will be meted out to you. So think about that. So these right here are some principles. Now, another one I'm going to read is going to be um, it's coming out of dealing with presentment, which is another favorite one of mine, dealing with presentment. which is right here. And this is a real good one, too. I'm on SBC University. And I love this right here. Now, I want you to understand when they're talking about a presentment, we're talking about any kind of document like an indictment or a bill that you have to pay, um, anything like that. That's what a presentment is. And this gives you some very, very good, wise advice when dealing with a presentment. It says, whenever you receive a presentment of any kind, from a traffic ticket to a bill to a summons or indictment, there are two basic and diametrically opposed ways to think about the matter. Namely, you can think of receiving a presentment as an event that will be a cost to you or a loss to you or as a gift that can enrich you. Now, I want you to start and think about the uh, polarity, okay, out of the seven principles. There are two sides to everything. There's a positive and negative aspect to any situation that you find yourself in. I recently had a, a big event happening in my life. On first blush, I thought it was something negative, but I looked at all the positive upside of it. I'm not going to, you know, make people privy to what happened, but it's just I chose to how I chose to look at the situation. What are my long-term goals? You know, when I thought about my long-term goals, I said, you know, I'm glad that situation's been eliminated from my life because, hey, I, you know, I'm free to move forward and pursue my goals, you know, unencumbered, you know. You know, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to, you know, you have to think about things. These are just things. They're just things. It's things in your life. Things come and go. Okay. Now we go on to the next one. It says, everything in life is a matter of perception. Our challenges are usually the result of ignoring what we are confronted with rather than endeavoring to discern how best to act with more adequate knowledge and understanding. We assume rather than know. Consequently, if we would have any chance of succeeding vice a vice uh, presentment, we must first have some basic understanding of the system within which the issuance, interpretation, and enforcement of presentments occur. The following many analysis of the legal system may be helpful in this regard. And the I Ching is a remarkable statement. The superior man goes only into his own domain. This is so important for you to understand. This goes into public and private. When I keep talking about public and private, don't mix. Right. One of the things that I see with this movement and the confusion that a lot of people had is their confusion about the application of the Constitution, their confusion about the responsibility and duties of public servants, their, 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 their uh, confusion about exactly what the status of a sovereign entails, what are public rights versus private rights, do you have this all-encompassing ultimate authority over everything and can do whatever you want to do? No, you can't. That is a fallacy that has been put out by a lot of gurus that proceeded for me. That's just some bullshit. Right? You're only superior in your own domain. You are superior in the private. You have to learn how to maintain privacy, private property, and privacy in your affairs. 
eliminating the government from your business. How do you keep the government out of your business? The government was never instituted to be in our business in the United States of America. The government's only duties are to protect your borders, protect your property, and protect your liberty. Okay, after 1933, they started encroaching into the private by, first of all, getting rid of gold and silver that prevented you from engaging in private transactions that were not taxed, that were outside the purview of the federal government, and then instituting and giving you a social security number and making you a franchise of the federal government and clothing on you this status of United States citizen, all right, and then through a process of novation, making you responsible for the public debt or the debt of the United States when it had absolutely nothing to do with you. So they took you out of the private and put you into the public. The private is the republic. When you get back to the republic, the democracy is this United States. It's in the public. It is something that is the government has authority over. If you want the ultimate authority over your life, you have to go back to the private. Being private means you're not under any law. That's what it means when it says you can do anything you want as long as you don't hurt somebody else or, uh, you know, infringe on their property in some kind of way. This is on the private side. Okay, this is when you are under God's law. It does not mean that you're a lawless individual. There's no such thing as operating outside any law. If you are a damn fool watching this, and I want you to give this to all these people that let sovereign citizens fall out their mouth, because that a lot of people on the Daryl Brooks video comment under there using the sovereign citizen stupidity. Okay, when you use the word sovereign citizen, I'm going to tell you straight to your face, you are a traitor to the Constitution of the United States of America. Obviously, you haven't read the first Supreme Court case, which is Chisholm versus Georgia, where we are clearly labeled as sovereigns. And nine times out of ten, you're a Jewish individual. I saw your last name, which means you're a communist, socialist, Marxist, or you're a leftist, and you have no understanding or idea how the United States of America was put together, what sovereignty entails, what the republic is, because you are dependent on the government. You want this because you're bringing in a new world order, and you want everybody dependent on the government, and you want the elimination of private property. You ain't fooling nobody coming over here spit, spitting, talking about sovereign citizen. I'm exposing that. That came from the Southern Poverty Center, the, which is a Jewish organization, which is a Zionist organization. They created it. All y'all got to do is step back and start and start looking and seeing who these people is. Hell, I was watching um, Bill Cosby talk about Hollywood, why they, why they don't like Bill Cosby. And I'm watching a show in there with Shirley Temple. And just off the cuff, I said, you know what? I wonder was Shirley Temple Jewish. Looked it up. I'll show y'all what I'm talking about. Let me stop. Let me stop real quick and let's, let me get that because these people with the sovereign citizen stuff, they don't want, you know, it's like calling you a nigger. They don't want people, they're going to talk all people anti-Semitic and all of this kind of stuff right here, but they want to run around calling people sovereign citizens. Like we don't know who you are. I see exactly who you are. I see exactly who you are. I didn't know at first, but I see who, uh, who you are now. I know exactly who you are. You're communist. The communists and everybody and everybody needs to understand is communist. The people, the communists have taken over. They, that is the Democratic Party, y'all. You got to understand. You got to look into these. Um, you got to look into these. Uh, uh, understand these parties and what they represent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this right here. This right here, I want everybody to watch this video. Black history lost or stolen. This video right here is a video I think that they, what one of the reasons why they are upset with Bill Cosby. 
I think they're upset with Bill Cosby because of this video right here. Because Bill Cosby, when he made this video, he was showing the racism that's in Hollywood, how blacks have been depicted like stepping, fetching, and servants, and, uh, you know, always showing the black man weak and a woman who had authority over a man. And, you know, and just, you know, and they claim, you know, what's really so interesting is these people claim, you know, they always claim how they've helped us and all of this kind of stuff right here. But people forget that they are the ones that own Hollywood. So any depictions of us are green-lighted by these people. And you keep forgetting that fact. Likewise with the music industry. Likewise, same thing with the loop music industry. So when you hear this music, these people get mad. They start calling things anti-Semitic. But they have absolutely no problem with putting out music where our women are bitches and hoes, when we niggas, and all of this kind of stuff right here, when we can be depicted as being depicted in here. Like, just look at some of this stuff. You know, it's showing. That's Shirley Temple right there. You know, you ought to just really watch this. You know what I'm saying? And just showing, you know, like angel mama type stuff, you know. And I don't think they ever, and these are all Jewish people in here. I started looking, I'm saying, okay, showing us gambling, you know, and things like that. We just, we shiftless, we lazy, um, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to work. Um, we gamble, uh, we womanizers, uh, we can't, we, we don't have a good command of the English language. Like this is this scene right here. Um, we always trying to steal something or in some kind of way. Um, and this is why when you look at people that come from other countries, why they have a negative perception of us? Because a lot of the people from other countries, everything that they know about black people, they got other movies off the of media or something like that. That's what I find ironic about this whole entire thing, especially with this current Zionist Jewish uh, type of situation. I want to clarify that because it's not all Jews I'm talking about, but I'm talking about Zionists. I'm talking about individuals who are um, proselytizing this particular narrative that there is a superior race of people and the coming new world order who are going to have, and as I heard a Zionist say over in Israel, that when the Messiah returns, they're going to have 28,800 slaves apiece. And that right now the Goyim are already their slaves because we met, we build everything for them, we work for them, we work on jobs and things like this. This is what's being said right now. This is on the Internet. Look this up and see this. All right? So these are things, you know, right here. This right here, This I want people to really watch this because, you know, and then they had something against Bill Cosby because he was exposing all of this stuff. He's talking about, like right there, that little scene right there, you know, showing the weakness of the black man. He just pointed this out. And that's why he came up with the Cosby show. He came up with the Cosby show because he wanted to change um, the depictions of black people and give a positive black image because we lacked that. And he was very successful at that with the Cosby show, A Different World, and things like that. I mean, it still reverberates through everybody, and they had to destroy that image by, you know, of the uh, charges that he, um, that he had. I want to talk about that real quick, too. I want, I want my men, I want you all to listen to this very carefully because I actually got this from an attorney. I got this from an attorney. When a woman or anyone accuses you of something and there and it is only it is your word against hers, okay, the best thing that you can do is keep your mouth now I'm only talking about in situations where somebody because it happens a lot, you have these unfounded allegations i've I've even had some lies against me in my lifetime, you know, so I understand you know how it can happen. You know, somebody can lodge some sort of unfounded uh, 
allegation against you because they're mad at you or they want to get even with you or they want to destroy you in some kind of way. I, you do not need to explain what you what happened. You need to shut the fuck up. You gave me the example of what happened to Bill Cosby and Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, in his particular situation, um, all he needed to do was be quiet. Uh, Mike Tyson still to this day maintains he's innocent of any type of, uh, of, of action against the young lady. Um, and basically all he had to do was when they asked him a question, just be quiet. Uh, you know, you get the fifth. That's what the Fifth Amendment is. The Fifth Amendment is, is against self-incrimination. But when you... Uh, when he, uh, when the police asked him that, all they were doing was corroborating evidence to, ensure, uh, to make sure that an actual sexual act took place. And when you said, well, yeah, we had sex, but it was consensual, well, they didn't care. The, the, the consensual part is something for the courts to determine. They just want you and this person basically to verify that a sexual act occurred, and you just did that. Same thing with Bill Cosby. If you go back and remember, he was taught, you know, they were they were they were raping him in the media, and he was silent. But as soon as he spoke out, that's when the um, uh, that's when they came and got him. You know, he kept on bombarding them, talking about him, disparaging his image in the public. And the next thing, you know, it was something that happened over 30 years ago. It's just ridiculous. I I believe Mike Tyson too. I do. You know, I listened to him tell the story. If you haven't heard the story, he said that, um, you know, the late young lady was a virgin, I believe, and her father was a preacher. And um, he had sex with her, and, you know, she wanted him to walk her down to the car, and he didn't feel like it. And, you know, and from there, you know, especially a woman, that's her first time having sex, and, you know, she don't know what to think. You know, that first time having sex, your mind, you you, you know, you, you're thinking all kinds of things and everything. You don't know what have you. could have got pregnant, man. It just seemed like he's dissing you or something like that. You lost your virginity. You know, you feel dirty. You know, I can, I can see it happening. I can see it happening. And, um, you know, but uh, I don't know what happened. I, I, you know, you could very well be guilty. I don't know. But the thing I'm saying is, is that keep your mouth shut. All right. The best thing you can do is be quiet. Be quiet. Keep, keep your mouth shut. But once again, I'm going to tell you this one more time. I want you all to watch, really watch this because I want you to think who owns Hollywood. I want you to think people who are claiming to be your friend. There's some people claiming to be your friend. People claiming that something is Annie, like this ain't Annie. What is this right here? You know, you're depicting all these years, 100 years, you didn't depicted us as servants, you didn't uh, depicted us as drug users, uh, depicted our women as whores, uh, depicted, our, you know, all these different things. You know, you need to start, you need to start thinking about this, okay? You need to think about it. Also, you need to go to a website called Ghetto Gaggers. I'm going to put Ghetto Gaggers out there again because whenever I bring it up, no nobody say nothing. You know, y'all afraid to say something about it. But the reason I'm saying something about it, I'm going to talk about that, why I am talking about this website. All right, I ain't going to, I'm just going to show, this is the website right here. It's ghettogaggers.com. Now, I'm not, I'm not showing y'all this website for you to go over there and get off phone or anything like that. That's not the purpose. I'm showing it to you. This website was made known to me through Black Child Productions. I um, actually watched the video, and I want you to watch this video, too, so you can understand the purpose behind this, because a lot of people, I don't think they really get it. They don't really get it. You know, they don't get it. So on my bit shoot, 
and it used to be, and this used to be all over. This used to be all over the, uh, all over YouTube, and they just took, they, they took it off YouTube, man. They took all this off of YouTube. They took all this off YouTube, boy. Get all off YouTube. It's just funny to me. It's funny to me, you know. You can watch in real time how they like scraping the internet and stuff. All right, here it is right here. So you can see this is my this is my bid shoot right here. And I want y'all to watch this video right here. Hollywood casting couch, Satan's Satan's playground. I want you to watch this video right here. That video is going to explain to you the purpose behind the purpose behind ghetto gaggers. And it is related to Hollywood, what goes on in Hollywood. Okay, and I want you to think about Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein Island, and Harvey Weinstein, and all these other, these individuals are all Jewish. You know, I just want you to think about, you know, what I'm saying. Okay, and then do your investigation. You can understand the purpose of that website, why that website is put out like that. You know, I'm going to still stay on that website, because that you know, website is an insult to black people, just period. You know, just period. And, you know, this is the thing I'm wondering, okay, why you didn't, um, why you didn't, why you ain't saying nothing about that? Why you ain't saying nothing about that? <laughs> it's that, you know, you got the magician wanted made out of Hollywood. <laughs> so I want people to think about that. You got things. Once again, here's the video. I want you to watch this video. It's called Hollywood Casting Couch. It's on my big shoot. It's called Hollywood Casting Couch. It's real good, too. You need to watch this. You need to watch this stuff, man, so you can understand, you know, what is going on. And then the reason, see, this is why y'all get lost. I see a lot of people get lost. Because when I tell you to do things like this, the thing you always forget is who are the owners. Y'all always, I don't never go to the root of anything. Who is the owner of it? Who owns it? That's what I want to know. You know, because I'm in a position as a businessman, I think in those terms. Okay, who's the person greenlighting all this stuff? Who owns the industry? Okay, that is the question that you need to ask yourself. Kanye West has recently come out with some more allegations talking about, did y'all see the recent Kanye West? Um, man, Kanye West, they're going to do something to Kanye West. I, I think they're going to do something to Kanye West. Uh, but I want y'all also to watch this right here. This is Liar Cohen. Okay, he was on The Breakfast Club. Okay. He's over the music industry, you know, and he's talking about the travesty of, you know, how black people, you know, kill each other and different things like this. And then a the man asked him, well, why are you, you know, promoting music that, you know, that exploits black people and promotes all of this negativity that you are denouncing right now, but you're the business that you are in, you, you, uh, you get artists and that's all y'all hire and things like that. And he said, well, I got to make some money. He just said, I got to make some money, man. I got to feed my family. Y'all, what, 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 I want y'all, y'all want y'all to get going. This is something you can always go and see for yourself now. You go see for yourself. Go and see it for yourself. Understand what's going on. Understand who's in control of the industry. You need to understand that. But the thing with uh, what they did with uh, Kanye West now, you know, he, he, he's bringing out back to my bit shoot. If you want to, this bit shoot right here, I would strongly advise everyone, strongly advise everyone, if you're on my bit shoot, 
you can watch a couple of things. There are people that are whistleblowers talking about the Queen of England. Right here, we can start right here with this this uh, Oprah Winfrey interview right, that had been long forgotten. But this Jewish woman, she comes over on and explains what's going on, um, co-signing what Kanye West is saying. Uh, there's another one on here, Arizona Wilder. She talks about it. This lady right here is the interview with uh, David Icke. She gets into a discussion with about it. Um, another interview is this lady right here, Jeanette Archer. She went in, this chick right here. She's out there outside trying to tell everybody what's going on. Uh, Jeanette, like ritual abuse and things of this nature. She's outside talking about it. Uh, we got um, the fall of the cabal. The, the fall of the cabal um, you know, you got a part one and part two of this. This was some of the best research information that came out. This is the information that was coming out at the beginning when Trump was clearing the swamp and everybody was talking about adrenochrome and the, uh, uh, these um, child, uh, uh, the pedophile rings and things of this nature. The, the evidence they have in here is so compelling. It is just incredible, the amount of evidence that's in here. And they got a part one and part two. This right here is the... Uh, Sequels right here. This is the part two, all these right here, but you should watch those. Um, you should also watch, uh, I think, is, is it Welcome to the Brotherhood? No, it's not Welcome to the Brotherhood. It is, uh, where is it at? Definitely watch the Black Lives Matter. You know, George Soros, he created this. This chick right here, she did a lot of good, info, uh, got research on this right here. It's a sister who did the research on that. Uh, we also got, and that's in case, if you hadn't read the vaccination card, before you take that vaccination, you should watch this right here. I haven't met not one person yet who took a vaccine that um, actually read the caveat before taking the vaccine. They just took it. They didn't actually, they didn't, they didn't read anything. All right. This right here, Jews control the world, undeniable proof, powerful, very powerful video, very powerful. Right here, Cynthia McKinney, very, very powerful. Jews own the media. This right here is, is undeniable who owns the media. This video right here shows that they completely, 100% own the media, completely 100% own it, all right? It, it's just facts. You can look this up. Um, obviously, Adolf Hitler, the greatest story never told, something you want to watch. Europa, definitely want to watch it. Definitely want to see interview with uh, Rabbi Finkelstein. Definitely want to listen to Benjamin Friedman. He is Jewish. He talks about it. Um, let's talk about the Jews. That got banned off of television. I don't know. If you can watch it if you want. Uh, Hollywood owns right here. Hollywood movie owners. American Dream. This was a very good. I mean, this this wasn't being talking about them or anything like that. This is not like a like uh, the videos that are saying, oh, they're evil people or anything like that. It's just videos just explaining how they got started. It was very interesting and very educational, just explaining, you know, how they shaped America and how a lot of people, because you think they're white people, you walk around, you're talking about white people when 90% of the people in uh, Hollywood are Jewish and they've changed their last names uh, to reflect American names so you wouldn't, under, uh, wouldn't know about their Jewish identity and things of that nature. But your whole thing about the American dream is coming through the lens of the Jews. It's not really coming through the uh, lens of white people. It's coming through the lens of Jews. Jews are giving you um, this uh, notion about the American dream and uh, giving you this idea of what society should be like. Okay, what they're doing right now, they're shaping that with the council culture. Who do you think behind that? 
who owns all the social media platforms, who owns Facebook, who owns Instagram, who owns YouTube, who owns Google, okay, who owns uh, Clubhouse, right, who owns these social media platforms, right, who was pushing, who was pushing the vaccine, Dershowitz, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, all these individuals who were pushing the vaccine for you to take the vaccine, go back and check the record. You, will, you need to understand this is about the new world order. You're going to have to get your mind correct and understand who it is behind this. All right, stop letting these people put in your mind everything is a conspiracy theory. Okay, how you eliminate it from being a theory is when you do your own research. And if, if, if a conspiracy theorist comes to me and says one thing, and then I go do my research and I can say that what he's saying is really happening, it's no longer a theory anymore. It's something in fact. And so when we go back and, and check the historical record and see the events that occurred in history and see that they're occurring today, okay, cause and effect is destined to happen again. The very same result we're going to get. And that's why you're doomed to repeat history when you don't understand it and you don't study it and see what went on in all these other countries with the Bolshevik Revolution and what happened in Germany in nine, between 1933 and 1945. I, I actually, from 1913 to 1945. You know, World War One and World War Two. You know, the information that you've been given has been cur- carefully crafted by the victors of those particular um, uh, of those particular events. And also, you can also see well who's controlling all the media. So actually, so you know, the narratives are going to go in their favor in almost every each and everything that they do. So you would it would be wise for you, okay, to start doing your own research and looking into these things yourself. I can't I can't get away from talking about this. Um, because, you know, as a, as an advocate, as an, as a privacy advocate, I, I began to understand the threat to privacy and the threat to privacy is communism. And the communists overwhelmingly are Jewish people, are Zionist Jews. Okay. And now I began to understand why they are taking over the offices of government. They are taking over, you know, they got in control of everything. I can understand it because once you eliminate private property, then the government owns everything. So it would be incumbent upon them to be in control of the government because that's where that's that's the whole game. The whole game is to have the government in control of everything and for them to be in control of the government. No private property. They're telling you every day now you will own nothing and you will be happy. You have to be a damn fool to, you know, just not think about, okay, well, who's going to own the property? What, what do you mean I'm not going to own it? Who's going to own it? They're telling you the government is going to own it. That's what they're telling you. They're telling you that's a, that's a roundabout way of saying that you are going to be in socialism. Okay? That's the way that that's what they're telling you. And you don't understand what it is. Let me see if I can, uh, if I can, we can go over this real quick one more time so y'all can understand the difference. All right, let's see. All right, there's a military training manual. That was published by the War Department in 1928. And if you you haven't watched this before, we're going to talk about this because I think one of the big problems is nobody is really explaining to people the difference between a democracy. You don't really understand what a democracy is. Let's see. So let's see. Is this it right here? Military. Yep, here it is right here. And I think it's on page 
So centralization, multiplicity, ignorance of citizens. I like to talk about the ignorance of citizens and individual high status, national character. National defense, where's that? Right here, preparation, more quietness. Every time I try to find this thing, always get oh here it is right here all right all right so right here here's a military training manual and it's going to tell you the difference between it's a comparative analysis between an autocracy a democracy and a republic and I think people need to get a thorough understanding of the difference between them. Now, this is a military training manual. Um, I'm going to show you why, why, I'm, why I'm saying that. I want you to write this down and look it up. It's it right here, War Department Training Manual. War Department, Washington, D.C., November 30th, 90. This is when people really understood what was going on. You know, they understood what was going on. Now, it's on page 91. We go to page 91, but the whole document is really an interesting read. It really is. It really is a really interesting read. We go to page 91, which talks about citizenship and representative government. Okay, so right here, let's start at 119. It says representative government, the American experiment. A few races qualified themselves for self-government. To establish that form of government was a long, hard struggle, which culminated in the great American experiment. The United States set up a distinct and different form of government, the product of distinct racial stocks and centuries spent in learning the principles and art of self-government. In practice, our form of government is the most nearly perfect in securing individual rights and ensuring the blessings of liberty. It differs from previous forms and certain vital and fundamental principles, which have come to be known as American institutions. Among these is that of self-government by representation, which is the golden mean between autocracy and democracy. Comparative analysis. The following comparative analysis shows the principal characteristics of the three forms of government. All right, so the first is an autocracy. And we can see that authority is derived through heredity, People have no choice in the selection of the rulers and no voice in making of the laws. Results in arbitrariness, tyranny, and oppression. Attitude toward property is feudalistic. Attitude toward law is that the will of the ruler shall control, regardless of reason or consequences. And then we have a democracy, a government of the masses. And this mob rule is what it is. You know, that's why they like democracy, because like what happened with the election, they, they if they do go by majority vote, all they need to do is control the vote, and they control the government. I want y'all to think about that. They, they, they make you think that we got this free, uh, they, talk, they keep talking about our democracy, our democracy, this voting and all this, you need to go vote and all this. Well, what if they're in control of the votes? I don't, I've never understood why we can't just vote on the Internet. With the, with the technology that is present today, I would everything else that we can do, pay for credit cards and all this, why can't we just, y'all have everybody's social security number in a database and then give them a link and let them vote over the Internet and everybody have just one vote apiece. I don't understand that. 
with the technology is why we have to still go to a ballot box and all this kind of stuff. I don't understand that. Democracy, a government of the masses, authority derived through mass meeting or any other form of direct expression results in mobocracy. Attitude toward property is communistic. I want you to think about that because all the communists throughout history in every country have always been democratic. That's another thing I, my research has shown me in Germany and Russia. They, they call it democracy. They've gone everywhere with this, and it is, com, it is really communism in disguise. But attitude toward property is communistic, negating property rights. Attitude toward law is that the will of the majority shall regulate, whether it is be based upon deliberation of governed by passion, prejudice, and impulse without restraint or regard to consequences. All right, now, without restraint or regard to consequences, this is what they keep teaching everybody is to do what thy wilt. They got this attitude um, that is appealing to the LBGTQ community as well as feminists and other individuals who lack any type of um, religious uh, foundation or moralistic attitude whatsoever that you can do with thy will, which is comes from Thelema, which is actually a satanic, um, a satanic type of thing, and I'll, I'll show you that in a minute. But you can do whatever you want to do as long as you are willing to accept the results of your actions. And for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. For every cause, there's an effect. For every effect, there's a cause. Do whatever, do what thy will. Just be prepared to accept the consequences for your actions because for every action, there's a consequence. All right? It goes on, it says, Attitude toward law is that the will of the majority shall regulate, whether it be based upon deliberation or governed by passion, prejudice, and impulse, without restraint or regard to consequences, results in demagogism, license, agitation, discontent, anarchy. Now, this is what they teach in y'all military about democracy, and everywhere you see they keep talking about democracy, democracy. These people in your government, you don't think they know this right here? You don't think your people in, the, in your government, your government officials ain't read something sim- this or something similar to it? and don't know what these people are talking about, and this is a military training manual, it goes on. Authority is derived through the election. This is a republic now. This is where we have a republic. You don't see the word democracy nowhere in the Constitution for the United States of America. California is a republic. Texas is a republic. Georgia is a republic. Florida is a republic. We are, re- we are a republic. The democracy exists within the territorial limitations of the government that have been carved out in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, and which you have become a franchise of, and thus, as I said earlier, through the process of novation, made you liable for the national debt by making you a U.S. citizen, which is a franchise of Washington, D.C. So now we have a republic. Authority is derived through the election of the people of the public officials best fitted to represent them. Attitude toward property is respect for laws and individual rights. Notice that we have a respect for individual rights, something that you do not have once you are a U.S. citizen and you are a debtor that is responsible for the national debt, your individual rights of going out the window. Attitude toward property is respect for laws and individual rights and a sensible economic procedure. Attitude toward law is the administration of justice in accord with fixed principles and established evidence with a strict regard to consequences. A greater number of citizens and extent of territory may be brought within its compass. Avoid the dangerous extreme of either tyranny or mobocracy. Resulting in tyranny is when you have a monarchy or, or an autocracy. And then mobocracy, of course, is what we just saw earlier, is democracy. Those are what those referencing, tyranny or mobocracy. Or, or mobocracy. Results in state, this is what the republic results in. Statesmanship, liberty, reason. Notice that you don't see any reason today. 
these people's ability to reason has been severely compromised. They're coming out of these liberal schools, and they can't even make a distinction between men and women. They got, they got women walking around thinking that they men, thinking they can do what men can do, want to go to the military and shoot guns, want to be police officers and fire chiefs, box, fighting the UFC, sing, but have children and maintain a home. Results in statesmanship, liberty, reason, justice, contentment, and progress is the standard form of government throughout the world. A republic is a form of government under, uh, under a constitution which provides for the election of, number one, an executive, and, number two, a legislative body who, working together in a representative capacity, have all the power of appointment, all power of legislation, all power to raise revenue and appropriate expenditures, and are required to create, number three, a judiciary to pass upon the justice and legality of their governmental acts and to recognize, number four, certain inherent individual rights. Take away any one or more of those four elements and you are drifting into autocracy. Add one or more of those four elements and you are drifting into democracy. So right here we can see these people are telling you what it is. Right? I've just seen what it is just basically from my research over the years. It just came, you know, I'm saying, I've just come to the conclusion. I'm like, man, this is this Democratic Party is not what we thought that they were. And now they try to say, oh, you know, like Stacey Abrams here. Let me tell you something, Stacey Abrams, you big fat motherfucker. Okay, you coming in talking about black men. I talking about, you know, we need to get on board with you. I don't need to follow no woman. No, ain't no. I'm not going ever. You ain't going to never see me tell men to follow women. I don't give a damn who you are. You will never see me do that. You will never see me tell men to follow a woman. And you damn sure won't see me telling men to follow a feminist woman who obviously hates men, okay, does not like them, does not come to them or ask them anything like that. You mad because you lost the election in, in Georgia? You lost it bad, too. That's your own thing. That's called cause and effect. All right? You had done the right thing. You would have got the right result. Don't blame us. Don't blame us. You know, they're coming across, you know, these, uh, these feminist women coming out and trying to say, well, we are voting for the oppressor. We're not voting for the oppressor. We're waking up and understanding the, the, the difference between these parties. When you accept benefits and privileges. The Democratic Party is a party on, Demo- uh, on benefits and privileges, and it is a, pro- a party that proselytizes victimhood, that we as citizens can't take care of ourselves, that we need the government to come in and take care of us and provide for us. What man in his right mind would what, – what, who would subscribe to an, a, a philosophy or ideology like that? You are less than a man when you subscribe to that. If you subscribe to any form of welfare, there was a time when men had a certain amount of pride. We would never subscribe to anything like this. This is why I'm saying you can't listen to these women, these emotional women, who don't understand their own pro, uh, party and who do not understand the civics behind what it is that they support. They don't understand that they being tools – for being utilized to bring in a new world order that's going to be communism and socialism. Hell, some of them do know it, and they for it. They support it because they think they're being oppressed. But you don't understand, you're not being oppressed. You're oppressing yourself through your own thoughts. You need to take responsibility for yourself and accountability, which seems to be missing today, and the decisions that you make and the actions that you take every day when you wake up. What are your first thoughts the first thing when you wake up? Every successful person has a ritual when they wake up and an affirmation, and then they um, immerse themselves in pure positivity and visualization of what they want their world to be like. Why can't you do that?
somebody said the common law is real law, the free law of the land. The common law is unwritten law. The common law is a body of principles that don't that do not appear until some facts have appeared in the case. That's another thing people don't understand what common law is. Common law is not even written down. Common law is, is a body of principles. If you want to understand the common law, you need to understand. If you want to understand common law, the first thing you need to understand is natural law, which are the seven principles that I just gave you. Like, you know, like uh, uh, mentalism, correspondence, vibration, polarity, rhythm, cause and effect, and gender. You need to know those things. Because then when you look inside of the maxims of law, like, for instance, mens rea, for you to be guilty, the mind must be guilty. We understand about mentalism now. A thing is unbound the way it is bound. Then we understand cause and effect. Now when you look at the legal principles or the maxims of law, then now you can see what they rest upon. And that was a natural principle. So if you're going to govern yourself in the private, if you're going to govern yourself as a sovereign, you need to understand God's law. A king cannot, a king cannot rule unless he understands God's laws. Go back and study. That's why King says, I have divine right of rulership. He's saying that I understand the laws of God. I've been trained in those laws. Anybody read The Prince and Machiavelli? A Sun Tzu? You got to understand these things, man. You know, a lot of it was kind of, um, you know, early on in my career, it was kind of, you know, hazy and foggy. I didn't understand it, but the clarity came when I started studying natural law principles. Now you begin to under, now you can have a conversation with anybody on any subject. Any person from any religion, you can have a conversation on them. You're now standing above that individual because people who are locked in religion are locked into a very narrowly defined, um, it's, like, it's like being on a tree and you wanted the branches. Whereas when you know natural law principles, you the tree trunk. All those branches lead to the tree trunk. But the people in religion, they the branches. They the, each of the individual branches. They are part of the tree, but they can't see the full panorama of spirituality as it applies to their particular belief. They can only see one narrow view of some myopic understanding of what they believe spirituality to be. And that's what I say. It's like the tree. They're on a branch, and they're not on the body of the tree. All the branches lead down to the body of the tree, which lead down to the roots. And that's where you have to be. And if you want to be there, when you're sitting like that, now you can look up at all the branches, and you can see the similarities and where the origin and how that belief grew into what it grew into by understanding the source of it. And that goes for any religion. That goes for any mystical school, any school of thought, anything like that. All of these principles apply. doesn't matter what you are. They are universal principles. They are not a respect of persons, and they are, you know, they're immutable and unchanging. So people talk about the common law. They say, well, the common law, you know, the common law is unwritten law. The common law is a body of principles. The principles of nature that have an application the judge applies. That's what I keep telling people. The Supreme Court justices, they apply principles of law to facts that have appeared in certain matters. That's why, you know, the common law doesn't have any application until facts have appeared. So people say, well, we're under the we're Technically, we're under the common law because you have what is called a federal common law. Common law is case law. Common law is case law. Can't nobody be talking about common law and they haven't studied case law? You can't be talking about it. Because that is where the that's where you find that's where the common law comes into existence through actual cases that have appeared in court and how the judges who are the ones who've been given the delegated authority to construe the law have applied those principles in particular situations as they have appeared. You got to study the case law. Somebody asked me. They said, you know, um, 
if you are watching this, I did read your comment when you say, well, I'm just getting on people because they're just regurgitating what they heard. And you say, well, I'm regurgitating what I heard. No, the fuck I'm not regurgitating what I heard. I'm studying the, I study case law. Get your dumb ass. Get your dumb ass off my channel. All right? Until you read, when you come on this channel, you best fucking research me before you open your fucking mouth and say something stupid. Nothing has been perverted by man. People talk about perversion. This is another thing, talking about perversion by man. Who, who are you to make a determination of what's been perverted? What authority do you have to make that determination? What knowledge do you have? What qualifications do you have to make a determination that somebody, I'm supposed to be a hard man to get in touch with, I'm a celebrity. Yeah, a copy of it on the internet. Let me see if I can give you. I'm, I'm put this in the chat. Am I hard to get in touch with? Yeah, it's got to a point. Yeah, it got to be hard to get in touch with me now. It's a million people calling it. That's it. That's a wrap. All right, let's see what we got. Oh, here in the chat. I'm gonna put it in the chat right now. Here's a link to that document I was just reading. That's that military manual. Y'all just put it in the chat. There it is in the chat right there. It doesn't say return as children. It says become as little children. The reason it says in the Bible to become as little children is because you need to get rid of all of your preconceived notions about things. That is basically telling you that you don't know anything because a child is ready to learn. A child is a clean slate. All right? You need to become that same clean slate because everything you've taught is incorrect. And this is what Jesus said, unless you become as little children, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You need to get rid of all your preconceived notions, all your opinions, all these things, and allow yourself to be taught. Humble yourself and allow yourself to be taught. I can say, and people hear it, um, I remember the point at when I put my humility to the side, that opened up a whole new road to me that has landed me in this seat right here now talking to you. I never would have been in this position if I hadn't humbled myself and, and made myself understand that I don't know anything. I don't know everything. And you likewise have to do the same thing. All right, so in America, custom is general laws. Okay, I got the, I got the, uh, I got the, the phone lines open. I'm going to let y'all call in. Y'all can ask me a question. I just kind of wanted to put that out there today. I wanted to talk about law, uh, cause and effect today. I wanted to also make you to understand that you are responsible. That's what cause and effect does. Cause and effect means that the onus is on you, okay? The responsibility is on you. All right, stop being a victim. Stop blaming everybody for your situation. You put yourself in that situation through a series of decisions that you made, all right? Whether it be a baby mama drama, father, whatever, you know. We all have them. I have them. I'm no exception to that. The call-in number is what? What's the call-in number? Call-in number, 563-999-3625. You put that in chat. 563-999-3625. When you call in, you have to press number one. You have to press number one. All right, so I'm going to start in Washington, D.C., 202-6324. You're on the line. What's on your mind, brother? 
What it do, Yusuf? Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Ain't nothing ain't much, man. Check this out, right? So I was listening to you, right? I'm only 23, and my aunt told me about you. And she was saying it's important to get this information. I ain't know nothing about nothing what you were saying, and it was totally foreign to me. So I've listened to you about six months, and, man, everything you say correct. And, and what you did really changed how I interface with myself. I don't, I don't run with the same group of dudes no more. I can't deal with the same women. It's like I don't even attract that. And, like, when you really said how you think and, you know, your conduct bring about certain things in your life, I ain't even want to like that shit. I ain't going to lie to you. But that shit was true, man. I changed my conduct with that. I said, let me see what, let me try what the brother's saying. And it worked. I ain't even want to know what career I want to do. Man, I've been doing real estate. I got hella houses. I can't even make excuses no more. You know, I ain't even tripping on no process. I can give a shit about that process. And when I heard you saying, <laughs> well, thinking is the most important thing, you even said, fuck the process. And so I said, damn, this man really was trying to provide a platform for the people who want that. But you was like pointing out the real truth is your mental state and how you going to maneuver through this matrix. And once you said that, I, that's what I really hit on. That's why I was like, man, fuck them products. I was people, man, fuck Popo, fuck the ATF, DEA, all the motherfuckers for real. It's all about you and, and, and what you're going to put in your in your your being and how you're going to manifest things. Like you said, you manifest what you want. And I've been I've been doing it. It don't come, all, it don't come right away. But with enough practice, man, that shit comes. So, like, I ain't hear the shit on your process. But, like, man, fucking processes, man. No, you're right. Hey, truth is truth. And, 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 you know, the thing about it is, is, like, um, you know, um, currency or money or value is in energy. You know, when I first came into this, you know, I had a friend say, he said, money's just energy. Money's just energy. And as you study this process, you're going to see that's true. Money is just a medium of exchange. We could agree on whatever money is. In prison, cigarettes is money. In racks of tuna, right? That's currency in, in, in prison. You know, with little children, it may be marbles or, you know, baseball cards or something to that effect. You know, we had a barter system at one time where you would exchange, you know, goods for goods. You know, money, there is the, the definition of money is a medium of exchange. And that medium of exchange and the value is determined by the energy that supports it because everything breaks down into uh, protons, neutrons, electrons, uh, spinning and, you know, creating different, uh, you know, different uh, patterns and everything and creating all these different things that we see. But when you break all these different things down, they all are the same su- substance. They all created of the same thing. So they really come into existence through the process of thought. Okay, so we're bringing all of this into existence. And this is when I say, when I say peace to the gods. When I say peace to the gods or peace to the Elohim, I'm not calling you the creator of the boundless universe. We have a lot of ignorant individuals who do not read their Bible. They haven't read uh, Genesis 3, um, 3. They haven't read Genesis 3.22. They haven't read Psalms 82.6. They haven't read John 10.34. Right? But they have the audacity, the unmitigated gall to come at me and say, you're not no God. You need to shut the fuck up. Right? I'm not going to sit here and listen to some ignorant-ass mortal who does not even understand his own spirituality, doesn't even understand his own book. You haven't read Mark 11.22-26, where it says, if you tell this mountain to be cast into sea, the mountain can be any problem or any obstacle in your life that seems that you can, in, un, insurmountable. You might say, well, man, how am I going to uh, get rid of this problem? How am I going to get rid of this $100,000 of student debt? How, I'm, I'm, in a murder, I'm in a murder case right now. I didn't do anything. How am I going to uh, get out of this? How, what, how am I, I got this mortgage. I'm six months behind. They're going to foreclose on my house. How am I going to get out of this? How am I going get, to get out of this? 
Somebody took my children, okay? I didn't do anything. How am I going to get out? How am I going to get my children back? Okay, I got this tax bill. How am I going to take care of it? All right? At the end of the day, okay, what has to happen is the remedy is how you think. The first thing you have to do is you have to remove all negativity from your space, all negative thinking. This is what it's talking about in First John when it says the double-minded man. You've got to understand that this vacillation between positive and negative, you have to eliminate it. You have to be all right or you're not right at all. Right? You have to immerse yourself in positivity and totally eliminate the opposite pole. Right? You, have to, you, know, you have to do that. And that is, that is the challenge when you sit there and think about it. Right? How is it that you can habitually think positively all the time when most of your life you've been trained to think negatively? This is why I'm so opposed to everything that's going on. Hello? I'll take a call in, in, in a few minutes again. I'm sorry about that. But as I was saying, okay, it is your mind state, okay, that is important. And that's why I'm reading these documents from uh, the first uh, chapter of Dealing with Presentments. It's totally de- dedicated to spiritual principles as well as uh, creditors and uh, creditors and their bonds. And the reason for that is, is because when you do any process, you cannot ignore the, the principles. Everything rests on a principle. Uh, even when you're trying to buy something, I'm, I'm going to even throw this out there. If you're trying to buy a car using, uh, using one of these processes, uh, it's probably not going to be successful if you have any doubts. You know, I was most successful when I was discharging debt and things like that, when I didn't have any doubts. I was coming directly out of jail. I'd been fighting for my life. I understood everything that I was saying was true, and I just had this conviction about everything, and everything was working for me. It stopped working for me when I started allowing myself to doubt. They started attacking me, and I started to, uh, you know, start to let my mindset, my, my, the strength of my mind, Started to, they started. They found cracks in my armor. Okay, you got to you got to fill in the gaps in those cracks. And then I had to reassert so something. It's a muscle. It's like anything. You got to work on it every day. That's why success can be very dangerous because you when you get when you get comfortable when you get into a, a comfort zone. That's the most dangerous thing you can do in life is become comfortable. You got to always put yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable so you continually grow because you're either you're growing or dying. When the moment you start, you stop growing, you start dying. So constantly be in a mindset where you're constantly growing. Everything around you is about growth. That's why corporations are constantly looking for more and more profit. Because the universe, I, I saw this businesswoman say this, and it was very good. She said, isn't it beautiful that the universe is constantly expanding? It's constantly expanding, so you can constantly get more and more. And that's why you need to stop and think for a second. If you have just a pittance of what the, of the abundance is out here in the universe, you need to really stop and think about you. And what you're thinking. And stop being worried about the next man's pocket. Let me go back to the phone lines. I think I'm in Philadelphia. 215-5880. You're on the line. What's on your mind? It's a little useless. This is Andre. Um, I'm calling because um, I wanted to know. 215, here code. What up? Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Hello, Yusuf? Hello, you said. All right. 
I'm sorry about that. I keep getting kicked out. 702-1609. Yeah, hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Brother Yusuf, I have two questions. I want to know uh, the, the Derek Brooke case, right? Do you think he he gave injuries? Hold on. I can barely I- hear you. Let me see what's going on. Why, why, why I can't hear it? Why I can barely hear this man? Can y'all hear this man? Thank you, Jan. Okay. Do you hear me now? Okay. I'm not sure if you can hear me. If you can hear me, just let me know. Then I can continue speaking. Wait a minute, Keith. I don't know. I think, wait a minute, hold on. Let me say everybody. Can y'all hear it? Can y'all hear him? Let me ask y'all out there. Can y'all hear Can y'all hear what he's saying? Can't hear the caller? No, I can't hear him either. I can't hear him either. You call back in, it's like there's something wrong with your line. All right, that's fine. I'll try to call back. Let me see if I can do something about it. No, that's it. I try again. All right, 202 6324. What's up, Yuzu? What's up, you? Oh, yeah, okay. Hold, hold on, on, hold on for a second, man. Hold on. I'll see what's going on. Hold on, y'all. I'll see what's going on. Give me just a second. All right, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. All right, cool. There we go. I got action. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was the first. first I question? called in at first, and you was, you was in the middle of, of your sentence, and then we got disconnected, but you were saying when you came out of jail, how successful you was, you had no doubt in your mind, you were just going, you know what I'm saying, handling your business. Yeah, I, wouldn't have, I didn't have any doubts, you know what I'm saying, because I had studied this information, and I was confident in what I was doing. And, um, you know, and I didn't have any, you know, because I didn't have any, um, I didn't know anything about what was going on out here with Tim Turner. And, uh, and, uh, during that time it was Tim Turner and Tony King, they were like real, real big on the street. And I know people are doing seminars and I just found this information and I understood it was the truth and I was utilizing it. But I do this with all aspects of my life, with my business and everything, you know, it's like, I'm always training myself to not doubt myself, to not be worried. You know, worry is a real big one, too, to worry about tomorrow. When you need to understand that all the provisions and things necessary for you are provided for you today, you have to always stay in the now. Because most of the things you worry about never happen. The now, everything is now time. You know, the way that we perceive time is an illusion because time really doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is the eternal now. We're the ones that put together these clocks and second hands and years and calendars and all of this stuff right here. If you were floating in outer space in the depth of outer space when there was no sun, moon, or stars and no planets revolving around anything, you'd have absolutely no way to keep track of time. But time is a man-made concept. 
you got to understand that the laws of the universe, when they respond to you, they respond to you right now. That's why you hear them say, I am the great I am. The I am is, is a statement that is in now time. It's not in the past. It's not in the future. The past is gone. The future doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is now. So the universe operates that way. So right now, if you have doubt, right now, if you have fear, fear is to get over. That is where the real battleground is going on, and that's why you see in the media that they are perpetuating those emotions in everyone, fear, doubt, everything in the, everything in the news is always negative. They're showing somebody get killed all the time. They're showing talking about some war. They're talking about some disease. They're talking about some social problem or social incident. Ain't never nothing positive on the news. They're not, they not, they not, they not talking about that, okay? Everything is about doubt. There's enough money for everybody. You know how much money there is, man? There's more money than investments. There's, more, there's so much money on this planet. It's enough money on this planet for everybody to be millionaires 20 times over. Every single person on the planet. But you've got 5% of the people that got 85% of the wealth. 85%. You're out here fighting over 15%. You've got 6 billion people fighting over 15% of the wealth. If you're making $100,000 a year, that is so insignificant, it, it, it begs to not even be discussed. If you're talking about, you know, I want to make $100,000 a year, that is so, that's, that's a pittance of what is available to you. You have the right to be rich. That's your birthright, to be rich. But you have to change your thinking first. And it's not about Federal Reserve notes. When you hear people talk about Federal Reserve notes, that's a limit in their thinking, too. Because wealth is not about Federal Reserve notes. Wealth is about energy, your ability to attract to you what you need, when you want it, how you want it, whenever you want it. That is the, that is the real wealth, that you've magnetized your mind to such a high degree that it doesn't matter what is being utilized as a medium of exchange, you will obtain it. This is when you are in your masculine frame, because that is a masculine principle. The masculine principle is an active principle. The universe is feminine. She responds. Right? She receives the message and then gives birth to whatever it is, what your demand or request is. That's why we call her Mother Nature. We say Father God. Father, the Father God speaks everything into Mother Nature, and Mother Nature gives birth to it. That, this is the gender principle. This is the masculine and feminine. This is the, this is the yin and the yang. Right? This is what this is. You have to understand everything has a role to play. And right now, they are training all our women and men to reverse those roles. So they want women to be men and men to be women. And you're going to be powerless. You do not see that going on in Jewish communities. Everything that y'all talking about, all the divorce rates, all of the, all of the, uh, all of the feminism, all the LGBTQ and all that, you know, you'll go over there in Brooklyn and see if you see any of that going on. Go over to Israel and see if you see it going on in Israel. Them wanting to let foreigners in their land, go over there and see if they allow that to happen in their country. Everything that they everything that they tell you to do, they ain't doing none of it. You the damn fool. Look stupid. I'm just talking to my people. I'm, and I'm, talk, I'm talking about comedy. All right. I'm back again. I'm sorry about that, y'all. I don't know what. Yeah. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up like a ghost or something like that. I don't know. 
Anyway, let me see in the comment section what it says. It says, rich is a perception. I thought we were rich when I was a kid and my mother laughing aloud in my face when I said it. Yet I know now we were rich and what, and what actually counted wasn't material at all. And that is true. You know, you will be wealthy not only materially but also in relationships. You know, I've come to understand in my age that, you know, having good relationships is where your wealth is. You know, like a high-value man, um, he has knowledge, he has expertise, um, and then he also has a network of individuals. You know, you start vibrating on a certain level, and then the network of uh, relationships of individuals that you uh, interact with, you know, contribute to your wealth. That's why a lot of people can't get wealth because they don't have a network. Your network is your net worth. You know, how, who are your associates? Who are you affiliated with? And to get to that level, you have to vibrate. Another thing that I've come to understand is that um, the ideas, the ideas. And when you look at the ideas like Airbnb or Uber, Uber was like, I mean, that was a stroke of genius, Uber. You know, it was something simple but clever, real simple. He took something, and, they, and all these guys, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have to get any inventory or anything. They, they used all, what was already available. Houses were already available. Cars were already available. All they did was produce some software that would regulate everything and create an income for themselves, a staggering income. You know, same thing with, um, um, you know, with the, the smartphone. Who, you know, how do you make the student Steve Jobs in a smartphone? I went and studied him. These dudes were practicing um, sperm retention, and sperm retention, what it does is um, for a man, starts to elevate your vibrational frequency so you can access the, um, the, uh, the Akashic records where all the ideas are lodged at. You know, the angels, you hear people say the angels, you gotta you gotta go up to the angels, the angels don't come down to you. The word angel means messenger. So if you want to receive these messages, you know, notice that Jesus, when he before he went on his mission, he had to do a forty day fast. And during that forty days he was tempted by the devil, but at the end of the forty days, that's when they say that the angels came and ministered to him. Okay? You know, and I've seen this in a lot of, you know, uh Abramaline, um the the um the, the book of Abramaline uh, you know, I, I see this because I, I study a lot of esoteric material. And what it is is what I've become to understand is that you've got to increase your vibratory frequency because God is a high vibration. It's a very fast vibration, and the devil is a very low vibration. It's a very slow vibration. So your spirituality is gauged on how fast you can vibrate. This is also why diet comes into play. Okay, you have to have the right diet. You know, when I, the more and more that I um, vibrate faster, the, the, the more I start to, you know, reject certain kinds of food, in particular animal products, you know, processed food, you know, I, you know, you just start, you just start, you, know, you start, you become sensitive to it because you become more aware once you understand what your goal is and your goal is to vibrate faster. That is what's going to cause the attraction to vibrate faster, your diet. The diet is important, drinking a lot of water, getting exercise, getting plenty of sunlight, retaining your sperm, you know, utilizing not, basically, I guess I should say it like this, retaining your vital energy. It's just like a battery. How are you going to attract things in your life and your battery's empty? Okay, you put a battery in something and it's not charged, what? The sperm is what charges the battery. This is some of the things they don't tell you. You got to charge the battery. You like that? Think about it for a second, man. You know when you don't go without sex for a long time, especially if you're young. You know it starts affecting your nerves. 
and everything because you have so much that accumulation that sperm is constantly accumulating in you. It accumulates fa- slower the older you get. That's why it appears that your sexual drive starts to diminish. But what is happening is it just takes longer time between orgasms for you to fully recharge yourself. And that's why you've got to take a hiatus from having sex at least 30 days and fully recharge yourself and let your testosterone levels start to rise and all of that. All that low testosterone levels and all that, all that shit is connected to us to release too much ejaculation or release of sperm, man. That's it. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. Um, I think I just had you on, 215-5880. Did I just have you on? Yeah, but I didn't get a chance to ask my question. Can you hear me? All right, go ahead. Yeah, I got you. Go ahead and ask your question. I'm sorry about that earlier. Got disconnected. Go ahead and ask your question. That's all good. That's all good, man. Um, yeah, I wanted to know, um, whatever happened to your SPC University YouTube channel? I, like, I went back, I went to it back in, like, 2020. I think it was, like, out of 2020 or 2021. It got taken down. Like got- I had almost 80. I mean, this is why I have this channel now, because the other one got taken down. It got taken down. At, at the beginning of the pandemic, because I was talking about the pandemic things, but the uh, they took down, t- took it down because I did a, I I had a video that was on my channel for about two or three years, and what they were doing is they were going through everybody's video logs, and I had the video on there on my channel about two years, two three years, and it was the um, Myron Fagan video, and it was talking about the left, and it was talking about Democrats, and it was talking about how they the Communist Party, how they really the Communist Party and everything. And they took my, they didn't even give me a strike. They gave me like three strikes in two days of all my past videos because they didn't like the stuff I was talking about. I just took my channel down. I took it down, you know, oh, wow. by what I was talking about. That was what it was based off of. So the video was, um, I'll show you the video. This is a video right here. If you look at y'all looking at the screen, I'll show you the video that they took it down for. They took it down. This video, right uh, looking at the screen, it was, uh, and, and this is a very good video, too. They don't want you to watch because these guys that did their research, it's been going on a long time, man. Y'all think this is new. Ain't none of this stuff new. Ain't nothing that's going on in politics or nothing new. It's been, ain't nothing that was going on with Trump. If y'all go back and watch the, watch the videos of all the news reporters, they go against Trump, they were Jews. It was Jews against Christians. Y'all just saying, y'all just, y'all just, the reason you don't see it because you think all white people are the same. That's y'all biggest crippling thing that's going to hamper you is thinking white people and Jews are exactly the same. And you can't tell some black people that, especially a lot of militant type blacks, because they were like, you know, no, they all the same. And, you know, you can't tell them nothing. They all the same. But they don't understand what I'm saying. You got to understand they have different political ideologies and they have different, they have different goals. And you look like a goddamn fool trying to categorize them all the same. Look stupid. Look stupid. It's not intelligent at all. This is right here is what it is. It's a deep state formation, the Great Awakening, Council of Foreign Relations, Myron Fagan in 1967. Myron Fagan is the person that introduced secret societies to everybody. I got that from um, my man who just pa- passed um, a J- uh, um, my man who did a, uh, I call me above average money gang. <laughs> above average money gang. <laughs> That's interesting. But um, Myron Fagan, he's the one um, who introduced uh, everybody to the world of uh, of uh, secret society. But that's it. Oh, let me go back right here. This is it right here. You know, the deep state. That's it right there. This is the audio 
very good audio. You should listen to this audio. Y'all got to start educating yourself, man. Y'all got to listen to these people, man, so you can understand what's going on. Y'all think I'm be I'm tripping because I say that the Democratic Party is communist. The only reason I understand that the Democratic con, uh, uh, Party is communist because I understand what their platform is. They, if, if it's dependency on government, that's communism. You know, they PPP loans and uh, Social Security, and you need health care and all these cares and everything and everything. They're they t- trying to take care of you. That ain't the government's responsibility to take care of you. The United States of America wasn't set up like that. These called government services. They're in the business for profit and gain now. That wasn't the original intent of the government. But they had to get you in a situation where you become a dependent. And when you became a dependent, now they're taking over the government. And that's how they're going to put you in slavery. This is the plan, y'all. I just laid out the plan for you. It ain't nothing to really think about. The plan is real simple to see. That's why I say these people ain't that intelligent to me. This is some simplistic ass shit. They had to dumb you motherfuckers down to make this shit work. And the people reached a level of capitulation in 1933. That's when they made an assessment of the general public that they were now stupid enough where they could put the rest of their plan into formation because they didn't understand simple civics. You don't understand what a United States citizen is. You don't understand what a United States national is. You don't understand the difference between public and private. You don't understand what democracy and a republic is. You don't understand those things anymore. Now they can come out, and, I, and all they do is they just keep you concentrated on bullshit. Like, you know, there's a war, a potential world war about to commence, and they got y'all worried about uh, White Lives Matter T-shirts. <laughs> Yusuf, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to know, like, is there any way I can get access to the videos that's, that used to be on that channel, the SPC University channel? Like, do you is have, there like, a video in particular? Video? Is there a video in particular that you're interested in? Do you have a name of it? Um, no, I just I just want to ask to all of them because I, I was, like, right when I was... I a lot of them are on my the, channel right now. A lot of them are on my channel right now. I put almost all of them up. There's a few that I haven't put up, but I put a majority of them. I probably put 80 of them, 80% of them up back on this channel. Oh, okay. Okay. Just go through cool. My li- cool. Yeah, just go through my library and look. They, they, a lot of them are still on here. A lot of them are still on here. Just go. You know, I do a lot of uh, live streams now, but if you go into the older yeah. videos, just go on the channel and search the videos, you'll see a lot of the old videos on there. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. All right. Thank you, Yusuf. I appreciate your time, man. All right. You're welcome, bro. All right. Let me go back to the uh, phone line. 702. What is this? Nevada? 702 area code 1609. Nevada, Las Vegas. You're on the line. What's on your mind? Well, Yusuf, good evening. Yusuf, good evening. Hey, what's happening, man? Oh, good. I got two questions, and I'm going to get a phone and just... Hear you, um, you know, I would like to know did Derek, did Derek Brook case, right? Did he kind of grant and jurisdiction when he appointed um, um, the state appointed attorneys and uh, waived um, 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 arraignments for him? And then my second, uh, my second question is, you know, you said something about when one like goes to court and you tell the judge to use your uh, to use his exception and discharge and the charges and release the order of the court and uh, to the person. Right. That order right. of the court. What does it um, entail? Like, I want you to uh, to dis- uh, dismiss either dis- either dismissal, really a dismissal. A dismissal of oh, it is what it should be. The oh, order of the court should be it should be dismissed. 
I, that's what it is. It's a dismissal. I, because you've done, see, you, to understand that, you've got to understand the true nature of the proceeding. The true nature is civil in nature. I, civil, yes. which means it's about money. It's about money. Okay. This goes back into studying the debtor's prison, and that's why I'm always telling people to study a document called clerk's praxis, because people think that admiralty is the law of the sea. And it is the law of the sea, but it's not the locale that is being taken that is being taken into consideration. It is the nature of the activity. Um, I think something like ninety percent of commerce goes over the sea, but there's a ten percent that goes over land, and they all are encompassed together. Contracts aren't made on sea; they're made on the land. So um, this is contractual, and and then also you'll study and see that the common law courts and the admiralty courts have been vying for power for centuries. In some epochs of time, the common law rule. In other epochs of time, the admiralty. Right now, we're in an epoch of time where the admiralty is again in control. This is what is beneficial for people to study history so they don't think that this is not the first occurrence where the admiralty has been in control. The common law is in control at some time, and then the admiralty have been switching back and forth, and they've been battling. And, you know, when people study that, so when you start studying admiralty, you understand that you, it involves bonds and it involves a debt collection. It's a matter of debt. When somebody, especially when you have a criminal case, criminal uh, cases were taken care of through the mechanic, uh, the machinery of the civil. All right, now, you'll understand this when you read a document called, uh, when you get a Black Saw Dictionary and you look up the word statute merchant. I right, get a Black Saw Dictionary and look up the word statute merchant, and it will give you some information on that. They're using these statutes, and these statutes are cross-indexed with amounts. This is when, like, Tony King and other individuals are telling people to go to Fidelity Mutual website and put in your case number and do a search on that case and find out what um, municipal fund that your case is being traded in. Uh, we actually got a hold of a Bloomberg screen when we were doing securitization audits, when we were doing uh, foreclosure defense. And in there, I actually saw well, all the cases in the United States are being monitored on Wall Street. There's actually a document that is floating around on the Internet that shows that each of these cases have QSUB numbers attached to them, that they're actually security, and that these people, they're in credit institutions. Now, Gene Keating, he probably did the most extensive research in, the, in this particular matter. He have a document called the Gene Keating um, uh, Prison Treaty. Let me see if I can pull it up on here. It's called the Gene Keating Prison Treaty. I would, I would strongly recommend, if you have a criminal case, for you to read that. It's called the Gene Keating Prison Treaty. In that document, he starts explaining uh, all the research that he's done into the prison industry and showing how these cases are being traded on the stock market. Okay? They also, if you've ever read a B424 Perspectives, uh, of, um, which I had the opportunity to get for um, um, – Correction Corporations of America, which at that time was the Real Estate Investment Trust. I think they've changed it from a REIT to something else. But it was a Real Estate Investment so Trust. Yeah, B424? Yeah, B424 Perspectives. Right? That's for the investors before they make, you know, it gives you the uh, outline. It's really what it is. It's a trust indenture agreement. A, pr- a prospectus is nothing but a trust indenture agreement. That's what it is. But it's outlining, you know, shares of stock and things of that nature. But in there... Um, there's a guarantee from the federal government that they're going to keep all the prison beds 100% in occupancy. And they get a per diem for every bed that is, that is filled. So they, they really into the investment of real estate, and just like McDonald's. McDonald's is, in the, uh, is into real estate, but the burgers is what creates an income for the real estate. That's how they generate income for the real estate. Same thing in the prison. Prisons, oh. they into real estate, 
and what makes the income for the real estate is the prison prison facility. So that's what this private private prison uh, thing. I have that B four two four perspective around it somewhere. I will let y'all see it. They keep changing it. Um, you can go to Correction Corporations of America, their website tca dot com, and uh, I think they've changed it to something else now. It's no longer a real estate investment trust. Have a people they are trading on the stock market. Correction Corporation. They have a ticker symbol and everything. Correction Corporations of America. And Gene Keaton gets into that and it starts to explain all these different private prisons, what exactly they're doing. You have to understand these are administrative in nature, and what has affected our judicial system is the national debt. The national debt has changed everything. It changed everything. The creditors own the United States, and they want their money. And how they get their money is when the citizens violate a statute, they extract it from us through money. Look at what they're doing with Kanye West. Kanye West, he, every time he came out and started speaking about um, um, uh, child, um, you know, these people, these, these, uh, these ritual sacrifices. He said his mother was a ritual sacrifice, Dr. Dre's son, um, Bill Cosby's son, Michael Jordan's father. You know, he started talking about these people who end up dead in Hollywood. He said they're ritual sacrifices. As soon as he said that, all of a sudden he had a $40 million tax bill. He had a 27, he had a $40 million bill, and then he had a $27 million tax bill. They're actively trying to take every penny of his wealth because that's what they got control over is the money. That's why Mayor Amshel Rothschild said, he said, he don't care who makes the laws in this country. Give me control of the money. And that's what they're demonstrating. All these people who they have control of are afraid of losing their money. They took control of the whole financial system. So if you don't think that the, that the prison system is about money, you're a damn fool. If you think this is about truth, justice, and the American way, I don't know what to tell you. And if you're an attorney out there believing that, you're a damn fool. You're a damn fool if you don't think everything is about money. Everything is about money. You get a charge. A charge is a lien. We look up the definition of charge in a Black Law Dictionary. The fifth sense of the word tells you it's about a lien. It's a charge on property. So they use these terms that have multiple meanings because they have the two jurisdictions merged together, and you can't be seen, you can't distinguish between the two. They use the same words, the same proceedings, and everything. That's why we have the Sixth Amendment is so important because they have to tell you the true nature of the action. So you just stated that you know your attorney waived arraignment. Waiving of arraignment is simply a not guilty plea. That's all it is. It's just you pleading not guilty. When you plead not guilty, you have made an appearance and you have subjected yourself to the jurisdiction of the court by entering the plea, okay, of not guilty. All right? Not guilty is also a traverse. All right? You've traversed the charges. You breathe life into them. You know, when somebody makes allegations of you, they have no life. It's just an allegation. Somebody can say whatever they want. You can create a, uh, you can create a bogus check, but... So what? You you got a piece of paper and you made something. You haven't done anything with it. You haven't hurt anybody with it. But if they make an allegation against you, now they breathe life into it. I just watched Star Trek. I want y'all to go watch Star Trek: The Next Generation, the very first episode. They uh, where Picard was on trial and they they gave him his charges, and he, and he said, "Read your charges." He said, "I see no charges." That is exactly how you do it today. When they give you your charges, you say, "I see no charges." I, because they have not formally read charges into the record. Reading charges into the record establishes who's liable. There has to be some liability established in case you're not guilty. If you're not guilty, well, who's liable? Who's liable for arresting me? Who's liable for putting me in jail? Somebody has to be liable. The per- that person is liable is the person bringing the charges against you, which is usually the district of attorney. 
the district attorney. You need to read those words. You say, Yana, I'd be more than happy to enter a plea into the record, um, but I see I haven't been presented with any charges. And they're going to bring your indictment over to you, put it in front of you, and they're not going to say anything. They're going to want to hear hey, your charges are. You pick it up, you look at it and read it, just like Picard did in Star Trek, the uh, next generation, very first episode. And he said, I see no charges. And hand it back to the prosecutor and say, I request that the honorable judge direct the prosecutor to read the charges into the record. Watch him go ballistic. Watch what happens. Y'all don't have to believe me. Just go in court and do this and see what I'm saying. I'm exposing so these what, people. So what, so what, so what if in a situation, in a situation the, and then like that, the judge says they will just continue to move on, we're going to set a trial date and stuff like that? Objection, Your Honor. Am I to understand the uh, judge has made a judicial determination I not to be afforded my due process rights of hearing the charges read to me into the record, okay. for the record, John? Okay. You see how I just came off the head, off the top of my head with that? Yes, I, I, I already got you, a, you a template, a template kind of things that, and you're looking for a sustained to overrule. Hear more of this. These, they, all this stuff is recorded, man. Go back and listen to it over and over and over again. That's what I used to do. I used to listen to this stuff over and over and over again, man. I, I was a rapper, man. P- people rap. You can, you can memorize them goddamn songs. But, I mean, you, y'all can memorize a whole fucking... I, I know rappers to like 15 minutes, all three verses of all three MCs. I can remember that. I can remember any damn thing. Just remember it like a song. You know, objection. Am I to understand... You always ask a question because you know why you ask a question? Because anything you say can and will be used against you. That goes for you and it goes for them. It's just not for you. It goes for anyone talking. So that's why you're asking the question. Am I to understand the honorable judge, if they tell you to shut up, am I to understand the honorable judge has made a judicial determination? I'm not to be afforded my due process of rights of freedom of speech in these proceedings. For the record, ma'am. Everything is for the record. You trying to get an understanding exactly what kind of business these people are trying to conduct against you because their number one thing is to railroad you and run over your rights right, and try to move as quickly through it as, every, as, as anything. This is why they call it dilatory tactic when you, uh, when you challenge them procedurally like an abatement. They call it a dilatory tactic, which is a delay tactic. You're going to hear that also being spoken of in, in Star Trek the, uh, Next Generation in the first episode, too. You're going to hear that word being used by Q. You know, it, it, uh, Q is going to be acting as the judge. Go and listen to it, man. I was shocked. I was sitting there just watching that. I, I mean, I was like, wow, they put this in there. And it was the Jews in there. It was all Jews. I'm trying to tell you, these people put information in front of you all the time. Now, as far as what you're being said in court, that's coming from dealing pre- with presentments. And I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. We have SBC University. If you look on the screen right in front of you, this is dealing with presentments. If you go to the fourth chapter, this is where I got all this stuff from, right here in the fourth chapter of dealing with presentments. It's very, very, it's very, this is the first thing I ever learned on, on things to say in court. It's the fourth chapter of dealing, it's seven sections in this, and it's, seven, it's, it's section four. Gives you the dialogue to say in court. Now, you can, you can, you. You, can you. you can change this however you want, but you need to, here it is, part four, I redemption in court. Let me read this to you. The following points allegedly derived from Roger E's material. That's Roger Elvick. He's the person credited with starting all this, which is bullshit. All right. The following are points allegedly derived from Roger Elvick material on the redemption or three-question approach to functioning in court. 
background. The word law comes from law. The L was originally a double L, which came from hieroglyphics, uh, signifying two legs, uh, two legs walking. Law, however, is an obstruction because the two legs walking around show that law is constantly changing. In the United States, for example, Americans get to live under approximately 150,000 new laws every year passed by combined federal, state, and municipal legislatures. In 1984, there were over 200,000 such new laws. We've been informed by attorneys, as well as Westlaw, Lexis, and Nexus, etc., that the law changes so rapidly that in many cases an attorney must check to see what the law is today before he goes to court. Now, I want to bring people's attention to how the utilization of this term law, and you hear people say the statutes are not law, but the very fact that they change all the time. A true law is something that does not change. It's stable. That's why the only real law is natural laws, because they don't change. That's only true law. Law is something that doesn't change. But these laws change. These statutes change. They change their mind and everything. These are actually dictates from masters telling you what to do. You have to be brought in a certain jurisdiction to function under these statutory, they call them law. I have an actual book from a law professor where he just straight out tells you the statutes are not laws. Shem tells you. So it goes back on. It says, a court is a place where a contract or an agreement is made. A court is a commercial registry. One consequence of this is that all courts are courts of record. Indeed, there is nothing with which the judge can deal except the record. How can a judge act in the absence of paperwork in his possession that inform him what the case is? This is why it's necessary for you to uh, conduct an administrative process. Okay, when you're conducting an administrative process, it's your paperwork. Okay, you're establishing on the record an agreement of the party that establishes the facts of the case. A facts constitute agreements, okay, what they call stipulations. Okay, you'll hear a judge say this sometimes, all the facts stipulated to you turn that off your uh, computer because I can hear you. Uh, I can hear your computer. Let's go on. It says in the in the accord. And look, look the very next one. In in accordance with the principle of agreements, if someone fails to respond in protest, you in essence have an agreement that includes his stipulation that he is in dishonor. When you are formulating an agreement, the first thing you need is the name of the second party. This is why in court you first ask the judge if you may have his name. Note, the court is working on an assumption of contract, not an agreement in fact. Understand always that these people work off assumptions, presumptions, and color of law. Okay, everything is a presumption, and the only way you can rebut a presumption is with a fact. Okay, so you need to have some sort of agreement, some sort of stipulations from these people. Once again, all right, that's in the spirit of Matthew 5.25. Agree with your adversary while you're on the way to court. You see, hand you over to the judge, the judge hand you over to the bailiff, and the bailiff cash you into prison. I tell you, you will not come out until you pay the very last penny, okay? That is a debtor's prison that existed over 2,000 years ago. These prisons are not new. None of this information is new. It has been going on for a very long time. You heard the man say that they have perfected the American jurisprudence over centuries, okay? This is centuries in the making. These people are not okay, just me- doing something they made up yesterday. Go ahead. Sorry, can I cut you off like real quick? So the agreement yeah, that we are entering, are we entering it with the judge or we are entering it with the prosecutor? You're entering with the prosecutor. The judge, a judge is just an unbiased arbiter in a dispute between two opposing parties. He's nothing but a referee. Your opposing party is the person sitting on the other side of you. On the other side. Okay. Okay. Um, do I also? That's another thing. That's another thing. People make mistakes. They spend too much time talking to the judge. 
choice. It's been too much. The judge is not the judge is not uh, even a party to the case. He's supposed the, the judge does that purposely engages you in conversation to actually to to, to protect the prosecutor. Okay. They helping them out. Okay, so do I also want the prosecutor to state their name on the record? Yes, you want names of all parties. You need names in the commercial registry so you can establish liability. You are anybody in the public. The most the most powerful thing you can ask anybody who works in the public is what their name is. Because you need a name to put it in a commercial registry to establish liability. Because they all have bonds. That's why you see police officers, they'll cover up their name tags and their badge numbers and all of that. That's why they do that stuff. They don't, want you, they don't want you to have that information. They know more and more people are becoming more knowledgeable. So let's keep going. Let's read, the, let's read this again. Procedure and dialogue. The redemption dialogue makes the court proceeding into a deposition that you are conducting for the purpose of establishing on the record who the claim it is in the case. You are there under threat, duress, and coercion, since guaranteed harmful repercussions are inevitable if you do not appear when as commanded. You are also there because someone, somewhere, has made a claim or color of a claim, implying or calling what they allege without foundation a claim against you that allegedly justifies enforcing the claim against you by using the legal violence system. By engaging in this deposition, you are actualizing the maxim of law that the burden of proof resides on him who asserts, not he who who denies. That is a very important maxim for y'all to understand. Okay, the burden of proof is on he who asserts, not he who denies. This is where affirmative defenses come in. Okay, somebody asks you a question, you know, it's up to them to, to, you know, I remember I had a a situation in Louisiana where I was helping someone with a a court case one time, and, um, you know, and... um, this young lady, she did something that pissed off um, one of the clerks, and we went into the courtroom, and the judge wanted um, an explanation. And I didn't say yes or no. I said, I'm sorry, I don't see any evidence before the court that the current situation that you claim happened, happened. It's not for me to give any credence to that. That's where y'all slip up a lot of times. You open your, you run your mouth too much. Right, this is what the Fifth Amendment, pleading the Fifth, is all about. Shut the fuck up. Y'all be, they, 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 they train y'all mind with law and order and all those TV shows where they come and they visit the people and the people give them all the information that they need and shit. They be training the shit out of y'all with them television shows to run your fucking mouth when the best thing you can do in any encounter with these people is shut the fuck up. They are there to corroborate evidence, and the easiest way for that to happen is for you to run your fucking mouth because you're giving them exactly what they need, and you don't even know it. You think you're going to talk your way out of some shit. You're not. Anyway, it goes on. Let me go down here. Let's just start right here. It says, in any inner exchange between you and the judge, whether it is you requesting that the judge answer something you were asking him or him asking you a question, you must persist until you see the judge, until the judge sees that you're not going to give in. This is a psychological thing that goes on. This is why I tell people to read this document so you can understand the psychology that is being utilized against you in the court. People don't understand that sometimes you have to make a request for something three times. Three is a magic number. Y'all think that that's, that that's some made-up stuff? When they say abracadabra, and they say you have to say the magic words three times, I need to go back to Kansas. I see myself back in Kansas. So yeah, whatever, you know what I'm saying? You tell you, click your heels three times. All these things, three is a magic number. You remember that in Schoolhouse Rock? Three is a magic number. Three, six, nine, twelve. 
12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 27, 30. <laughs> Y'all remember that cartoon? They were teaching you stuff back then, man. All these people are teaching you things from magic books. Huh? So understand that you may have to add, and he's going to tell you this. Let me read it again. It says, in any inter-exchange between you and the judge, whether it is you requesting that the judge answer something you are asking him or him asking you a question, you must persist until the judge sees that you're not going to give in. This is perhaps especially important if and when a judge asks you to state your name or ask if you are so-and-so. He may ask at least three times since the, the, since the system functions in three. The judge needs to know that you are clear and secure about what you are doing and will not cave in under the psychological pressure that he is so well trained in applying on those who are before him in court. Likewise, you may have to state your request three times until you receive either an answer or a non-answer, which stands as an admission on the record of your position in the matter. So, and this is what I'm saying. Sometimes you have to ask these people a number of times in order to get something. To find just asking them one time is not enough. I've done this in court. I've seen it happen. It, it shocked the hell out of me when that third time I asked him something, how he flipped out. This is all in federal court, too. It's federal I'm talking about. It's not state. The first thing you do is to ask the judge for his name so the record is set concerning the parties entering into the agreement. Therefore, when your name is called, say, I'm here concerning that matter, may I have your name? I would suggest that you say I'm here concerning that matter anymore. That's some old information. They have found a way to circumvent that. They want you to state your name. State your name for the record and spell it out in the Christian appellation of your name. Say, yes, my name is John Doe. That is spelled capital J, lowercase O, lowercase H, lowercase N, capital D, capital O, capital E. That is how my name is, uh, is spelled, Johanna, and I'm a third party in the being making a special appearance as an authorized representative for the defendant. Okay? Go on in number two. It says, pay attention to the fact that most judges and justices prefer to give their title, not their name. When you ask a judge for their name, they usually will say judge so-and-so. That is not his name. That is his title. When you get their uh, oath of office from the Secretary of State, it does not say judge so-and-so on their oath of office. It has their name. Judge is nowhere to be found on there. Because we're dealing with the real living soul. The real living person has to have a name. Judge is a title and is a fiction of law. It's a legal fiction. I'm sorry? I'm sorry? No, I'm listening. What would you say? No, I'm listening. Okay. So judge is a legal fiction entity. It says pay attention. So when they say I am judge, so there's actually a video on YouTube where a guy's in court and he goes through this with the judge. We asked her for a name and said, may I have your name? And she, and she and what they'll do is they'll pick up their name. This is my name right here. This is my name right here in all capital letters. And what you say is, uh, would you please, uh, you either, if they give you their name, ask them to spell it. If not, if they say, judge so-and-so, say your offer of communication is accepted for value and your dishonor's returned, please state your name, not your title. I've done this. And they say, well, it is judge so-and-so. He said, okay, well, is that judge so-and-so the same judge so-and-so that's registered with the Secretary of State? because that's where they lodge all the oath of office is at Secretary of State's office. If you can't get a judge's oath of office at their local jurisdiction, you can go down to the Secretary of State's office and get it. It's two different places where you can get a judge's oath of office at on the state level. You can get it either at the, the custodian of those documents is either at the courthouse, a judge keeps one copy in chambers, and the Secretary of State has it. You also need to understand who risk management of your, of your municipality is. It would be a good practice on Monday just to call them and just have a conversation with them and find out what their procedures are for filing claims against uh, public official bonds. Something else they don't want you to know. Okay, I'm not going to read all of this, but 
you get my point. This right here, this is the dialogue where I, where I got the dialogue from. Also in Court Survival Guide, one of the biggest things that people have been used have been using with success, and it's almost in every document I read from One Man Out to UCC Connection to Court Survival Guide, all these different documents have it, and that is when you ask, is this civil or criminal? Thank you. Let the record show that the action being brought against the defendant is a criminal action. Now, Your Honor, I have another question. The Constitution for the United States of America only grants this court two criminal jurisdictions. One is under the common law, and the other constitutes condition of contract and the criminal aspect of a colorable admiralty jurisdiction. Now, sir, for the record, would you please tell this court and myself under which two of these jurisdictions that you are trying this criminal action? All right, you've got to understand what the nature of the action is. How can you properly defend yourself if you don't know the nature? And if they seek to proceed forth without telling you that information, you say, for the record, um, I have demanded of this court under the authority of the Sixth Amendment for the Constitution of the United States of America to reveal to me the nature of this action, and the judge has refused to do so and do their duty, their constitutional duty to do so, and now they seek to move forward under a secret jurisdiction known only to the judge and the prosecutor. You say that, you put it on the record. Put it in their face. They don't want to tell it. They don't want to tell you. If we have any people on here talking about sovereign citizen bullshit, you go into court and that's not going to work, fuck you. Go in there and say the shit anyway and find out the truth. Fuck these people. You're dealing with the same people. The same people that Kanye West is dealing with is the same motherfuckers that come on these channels and talk about sovereign citizens and shit like that. Start paying attention and tell me I'm wrong. I hope that helps. Needed, I got to go to the next call. Yes, thank you very, very yes, much. You answered the question, and uh, you, you went, went way more than I was expecting to hear. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Let me go back to the phone lines. Back to D.C. D.C. real quick. D.C. You're on the line. 202-6324. Oh, yeah, I'm up in this. How you living, baby? I'm living good, man. Blessed. Thoroughly. That's what I like to hear. But this, this, what I, this is my question, right? But let me, before I ask my question, I want to say, man, I like when you go in. But I know, like, when you get pissed off, you just ain't going to lie, man. Your shit fine, but when you pissed off, that's when that shit be actually fine. So I be looking forward to coming the motherfucker out. Because you be dropping so many views, man. I be like, yeah, get that ass. But my question is, right? My question is. Do you now, at your age, your strength, your knowledge and wisdom, what would you tell a young man, let's say in their 20s, early 30s, to invest in, and what is a good place to live on this earth to be successful just from, you know, your experience and stuff? Okay, I'll start with the last part of that. You can live anywhere on earth and be successful. It's not about where you live. It's about your mind, your state of mind that you have, as I talked about earlier. Um, as far as investing in, you invest it. If you want big money, you invest in things that make big money. That's the first thing you evaluate. What makes big money? Okay, a job don't make big money. Cutting hair don't make big money. All right, those things don't make big money. DoorDash don't make big money. All right, those aren't big money, uh, big money things. So you said, what makes big money? Real estate makes big money. Having you a membership website on the Internet makes big money. You know, these are things that make big money. All right, so you got to think, okay, engage in something that makes big money and master that. You have to become a master of it. You have to become a master. If you're not an expert in your field, you're not going to make money. You have to become an authority. So you have to say, this one thing I do, fuck that school shit. I'm just going to go on and say, fuck school. Fuck that shit, man. 
I don't give a fuck if you drop out of high school. I really don't. You know, I'm not going to suggest it, but I really don't. Because a lot of my friends dropped out of high school, and these motherfuckers got more money than me. They rich as rich as a motherfucker. Look at all the billionaires. They've dropped out of school. All right, Mark Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, dropped out of school. Bill Gates dropped out of school. Warren Buffett dropped out of school. All right. You got these people, all these people dropped out. They didn't go to fucking school or anything. You know why? Because they figured out, like I did early on, okay, when I was an employee at U.S. Sprint, I, when I was sitting in there looking at all these people with college degrees and everything, making about $30,000, $40,000 a year, they went to school and did all this. And stay, getting up every morning, getting on the highway, driving through traffic, clocking in, getting off, working for the weekend, having drinks on the weekend at the club and meeting up and shit like that, and then repeating the whole process over again on Monday, it get to the point where you're even seeing the same motherfuckers on the highway because you get up every morning at 530 and hear that, and you see all the same people get on the highway at 530. Y'all see each other on the highway every morning and everything. You're just, you're just going <laughs> up and down the highway. I talked to a lady. She's going up and down the highway for 15 years you know, driving two hours each way. You're spending four hours of your life, every day of your life, driving back and forth to work. Damn. Listen, that's why they don't like, I'm going to tell you why they don't like criminals, artists. It's like three categories of people they don't like. And I think entrepreneurs. They don't like them because they're free thinkers. Criminals are free thinkers. You can say, now they're utilizing their energy incorrectly, but the danger of them is they're free thinkers. They're not under anybody's authority. Niggas who hustle don't want to be told nothing. That's why these women have problems with them, and they like them so much. Women like do bad boys and everything because they, they, they do what the fuck they want to do. They do what they want to do. That's how I lived most of my life. I was a hustler for 10 years. I did what the fuck I wanted to do. That's why I got this attitude I do. Any woman come in and tell me nothing. I'm not living with no woman. Ain't no woman paying my bills or nothing like that. I'm taking care of her. She ain't taking care of me. What's wrong with you men out there? You lost your fucking mind. They come and going Dutch and shit like that, 50-50 on bills and shit like that. You the man. Take control of your life. Take control of your finances and be the man. And if they want, if they want to talk this feminist shit, fuck them. Leave them by themselves. Let them die alone. Let them die with dogs and cats. All right, they will have to come around. You do not have to kiss their ass and make them get in line. All right, get yourself in line. Take care of you. Get your body in line. Get your mind in line and do what you're supposed to do as a man. And dream big. Write down your goals and have you some affirmation. One, a good one is um, out of um, The Master Key by Charles Hanel. There's a good one in there. Um, I got one that I say um, every minute of every day, millions of dollars are flowing to me now, instantly, effortlessly, naturally now. I'm whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy. I'm whole, anytime any negative thoughts starts coming in my mind, I start, I start doing a, a, a mantra. I'm whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy. I'm whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy. I'm destroying that thought. That's the war that you're waging. The war that you're raging is with negativity. It's like that old man said at the beginning, the, um, the Native American. He said, we all have two battles raging inside of us. Let me read it again. Let me read that again. We all have two battles raging inside of us. What are those battles? Right here. He said, an elder Cherokee Native American was teaching his grandchildren about life. He said to them, a fight is going on inside me. It is a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. 
One wolf represents fear, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other stands for joy, peace, love, hope, sharing, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, friendship, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. This same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every other person, too. They thought about it for a minute, and one child asked his grandfather, which wolf will, will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. The one you feed means what do you focus on all the time? You're feeding. Whatever you, whatever you focus on, you're feeding. If you focus in on negativity, that's what you're feeding negativity, and that's what you're going to have in your life. You don't have anybody to blame but yourself for that. If you're a negative person, then you have negative results. This is what they call the power of positive mental attitude. They used, to, they used to talk about that a lot, the power of positive mental attitude, and they're absolutely right. I think uh, Anthony Robbins, he was one of the first people that, you know, kind of had that title, positive mental attitude. But it's positivity that you have to immerse yourself in. You have to eschew totally negativity. You have to remove it from your life, remove the people, all right? your association, okay? Your affiliation uh, constitutes your elevation, okay? Who you're affiliating yourself with. It tells you in the Bible, bad association spoils useful habits. If you have useful habits and you're affiliated with the wrong people, this is something I try to tell my baby mother. You know, she just caught up with smoking weed and, and Instagram and all this kind of stuff right here, and her life is not going anywhere because she is gravitating toward what the world is giving her. But she want, they want this money. They see all this wealth and everything on Instagram, and they think they're going to get it by listening to negative, to negative people. Tell me, get that bad girl. Be a boss bitch. That's not going to do it. Oh, be listening to me right now. That ain't, that ain't how you get money. That's not how you get money. You earn money, first of all. You don't get money. You earn money. And you earn money by, first of all, establishing yourself as an authority in a certain sphere of, uh, a certain sphere of endeavor. So as a young man, you have to decide. You have to make a decision. You will not ever achieve anything until you decide. You have to make a decision. What is it you want? It says, ask and you shall be received. Knock it. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be given to you. A-S-K comes back to ask. Ask, seek, knock. A-S-K, ask. It begins with you asking. But you can only ask for what you want. You have to establish what you want. And I hear some people out there, they try to tell you, well, you know, you need to know how your mind has to establish how you're going to do it. That's the biggest fallacy ever. Nobody knows how they're going to do any goddamn thing because nobody can predict the future. Fuck the how. Do not worry about the how. Concentrate on the what. The how will present itself. You establish the what, and, and through your activities, you actively engaging and performing, because their faith without works is dead. You got to put in some work. The how presents itself. The universe starts ordering itself in such a way to bring for you in the most perfect way what it is that you desire. Starts with you thinking and visualizing clearly what you want. A simple, a simple, a simple thing is to do a car. If you want a car, I don't care what kind of car it is. The first thing in getting that car is you have to make yourself believe you can get it. So the first thing I do, this is what I do, I start going to the dealership. I pick out what car I want, and I develop a burning desire for it. You can't say I want a Benz one day and a BMW the next. It's like, this is the car I want. This is the car I want, and I want this car. I want this car. Every time I pass by a dealership, I stop and go in the dealership and sit in that car. Ask them, do they have it? Can I test drive it? I get in and drive it around. I, 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 make myself, I make myself knowledgeable about everything about that car. I feel the leather. I smell the newness in it. 
and then it's going to become a period, and your mind is going to switch, and you're going to say, this is your car. You can get this car, and that's when it's going to come to you. It might not come with money. Somebody might give you one. You might win one in the sweepstakes. You might win the fucking lottery. I don't fucking know. Maybe somebody, your homeboy, your homeboy just become rich overnight. He said, here, man, you have this car. I just bought it, but I ain't going to use it. I don't know how it's going to come to you, but it's going to come the most perfect way for you. You don't know. That's why you don't worry about the how. It's called the law of allowance. You allow the creator of the boundless universe and his infinite wisdom that you do not possess to make out the most perfect way for that you to obtain that possession. You just take care of the business of asking for what you want. Do that. The work that you have to put in is becoming an expert in your field. You have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do. You have to make it. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to make a habit of waking up every day and doing things I don't like to do. Handling stress. You got to learn how to handle stress. Have to learn how to do that. It's stressful being a man. But as a young man, what I would tell you to do is make your goals right now. Do this as a practice. Make a list of 100 things you want to do in your life. I, I want you right now to plan your life. I want to see if you can think of 100 things you want to do for the rest of your life. And then I want you to break them down into categories. What you can do in 20 years, what you can do in 10 years, what you can do in five years, and what you can do in one year. And as you achieve these things in life, mark them off. Watch it happen. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. You're going to forget you wrote some of it down. You'll be like, damn, you know what? said I was going to get a black uh, Mercedes-Benz GT63, but I said that shit two years ago, and now I got one. I forgot I wrote that shit down. Wrote that shit down. I got it. The number one thing that you have with unsuccessful people who come and ask you for things and ask you about advice is when you tell them stuff like this, they think you're bullshitting they looking for you to say, say something like, oh, you got to go to this bank and get this kind of money right here, get your credit up. They want you to say shit like that. Like, nah, man, everybody who's successful, I just posted something on my Instagram from a lady who she's worked all her life with millionaires and billionaires, and she said what I understood, that every single one of them have a ritual they perform every morning. Every last one. And if you think you're an exception of the rule, you don't understand the principle of cause and effect. That's why you have a mentor. What a mentor is about, it operates under the principle, do what I do and you'll get what I get. That's cause and effect. For every, for every exact thing you do, it's an exact result. So when you, when, you, when you imitate, that's why they say imitate success. When you imitate someone who's already tread the path, you're guaranteed to get the same result because the law of cause and effect Did I answer your question? Hell, hell yeah. I was listening, man. I, I like what you said. I like the, like the hundred things, hundred things that I'm going to do in my life and categorize it. I like how you got a systematic approach. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you can talk to beginners, from rookies to advanced, but yeah. That helped a lot. And one of them that I want to say, we were talking about semen retention, retention. Hey, you was right about that, right? Because now I ain't go like no months and years. I ain't know no shit like that. But I tried for you know, a couple weeks. And man, I was attracting better women than what I had before. Matter of fact, some of them women. Threesome, right? 
Yeah, the women, the women are, women are subconscious, subconsciously, you know, women want to mate with the most healthiest male. And that's usually the man who has the most vital energy. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of men, you got to understand that's what we have going on in today's society is a lot of masturbation. So when a man masturbates, he's not motivated to go out and talk to a woman. So, you know, it it takes your vital energy away and women can sense that. They they subconsciously, you gotta understand everything works on a subconscious level. Women are empaths. They 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 receive us. They receive energy and they can see, okay, you don't have any energy. But when a man is emanating a lot of vital energy, they pick up on that and they're attracted to it. They can say whatever they want to say. But they but that's what that that's what they that's what they roll is. They looking for somebody to mate with uh, the healthiest male, the male that can provide. And when you have vital energy, that's the battery that's going to attract things. It's our job to make money. It's not their job to make money. They're just in a position to make money right now because they have to, because of the way the world is designed right now. But under nature, under natural circumstances, that is not their job. Women are supposed to be nurturers. They are the educators of the next generation. They have a they have a particular role in nature to perform. But what it is is they want to be men. They've been trained to think that way. They've been trained to they've been trained to think of the feminine as weak and the masculine as strong. So they want to emulate masculinity. They want to be protectors and providers and say, "I don't need you." And then, because of feminism has created this and feminine, everything all people have to stop and think about is this: everything that the left is propagating has nothing to do with nature. It's totally against nature. Don't believe me? Just look at everything they talk about. They, 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 they push out homosexuality. They push out feminism. They push out dependency on government. They push, they push out, they push out um, vaccines, any type of pharmaceutical that's not FDA approved because they haven't, um, uh, they haven't funded any research into natural, natural remedies because they can't, they can't patent anything natural, so they don't spend any money on it. So every, everything that they deal with is artific- artificial persons. Everything is artificial in nature. There's nothing natural. They are totally against nature. And that's when you start to see that these people are against God. That's when you see it. They're against God, man. And the people who are participating in it, now you see the lines are being drawn. You see who the demons are. You start to see clearly who they are. Demons are in male form. You know, if, you, if you're in Islam, you understand that the Dajjal or the, um, or the, uh, uh, the jinn that's in uh, are spiritual and man. And also in Isaiah chapter 14, what it says, we're talking about Lucifer being a man. It says, this is the man that made the earth shake and, and nations to tremble. And it talks about devils, plural, in Revelation chapter 18. It says, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, has become the habitation of devils, plural. You're being plagued by devils. Right now, you don't see it. And they in, and they in physical form. Y'all, they didn't got y'all in spookism and everything and thinking about invisible spirits and things like that. Spirits embodying people. A spirit is a thought form. A spirit is talking about the mind, not the brain, the mind. The mind and the, the brain is the organ of the mind. When something takes over, when you're possessed, something takes over your mind. We're talking about devils. When you talk about devils, you're talking about mind. We're talking about people with a mentality. And when they don't have a soul, they don't have any empathy. The soul is embodies is the emotional vehicle. That's why you say when somebody can do something, you say, man, you're soulless, man. You ain't got no soul. They don't have no soul because they can do anything. 
and they have to restore their soul, as it says in Psalm, in the 23rd Psalm. He restoreth my soul, because you can lose it. You can't lose a spirit. Everything in creation has a spirit. Spirit is what gives life. It's the evidence of life. But everything that is alive don't have a soul. Clones don't have souls. Y'all better understand what I'm, tell- I'm telling you. You need to understand natural law, to function, to make proper decisions. Get away from that spookism and that spirituality. I mean, that, uh, that religion, that theology. Theology is man-made. Starting with, start with natural law principles, something that is observable, observable phenomena in nature. That you can prove to yourself. You can prove to you, I'm saying, about sperm retention by doing it. If you fast for 10 days and sperm retain, watch all the blessings start coming. That's why people say when they fast, fasting don't just don't make taking away from food. You fast from sex. You fast from all type of activities. Give yourself a physiological, give your body a physiological rest and let it recharge itself and watch things start to magically happen. There's a science for everything. Anyway, I hope that answers your question. I got to go to the next caller, bro. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Let me go to 505-4739. You're on the line. What's on your mind? 505. Hey, hey. hey what's happening? What's going on? I hear you loud and clear. I wanted to hear what you had to say about um, the... Okay, so the whole idea of the secured party and the UCC one filings and all that, and how that pertains to the the uh, spiritual war that's going on. You, you touched on that earlier. We were talking about how uh, um, you know it's a spiritual war, which what we're going through, and you know people have never we've talked about it and said, well, this is what they talk about coming out of her. So I wanted to hear what you had to say about that. Very good question. Very good question. Okay. I think I can preference what I'm going to say by quoting the Bible that faith without works is dead. Thought, while everything is rooted in thought, it requires action. Okay. It requ- even the law of attraction requires action. You have to put things into action. The thing that governs on the private side or in the spiritual world is contracts. You make contracts with the devil. You sell your soul to the devil with what? A contract. You make a contract with God. It's called a covenant. This is, these, these, this, having a contract, there's a spiritual signification behind a contract. That's why it's on the private side. It's not in the public side. It's on the private side, contracts. So what we're talking about is contracts. When you're talking about a secured party, it's a contract. A security agreement is a contract. Okay, for a matter to be, there are 10 maxims of commercial law. What I'm going to say is for a matter to be resolved, it must be expressed. You have to reduce things down into writing. Even when I'm sitting here talking about your goals, I'm telling you to write them down. You have to carry them from above to below. It has to come from the mental into the physical. You have to write it down. Writing things down is the first step of manifestation. You're carrying something from the immaterial world to the material world through an act, through a physical act. By a stat, now you have to give notice to individuals. Right? Are you allowing individuals to presume things about you? That is your responsibility to establish on the record what your position is. 
when you come to an understanding of the commercial nature, the only reason we're using secure party is because of the commercial nature of the system. We're dealing in legal fictions. Now, it's not required that you deal in this system. It's not required. Actually, what you really want to do, if you really want to be a real soul, um, your own food, get you some uh, ways to create some electricity for yourself and become self-sufficient. Take yourself off the grid. Get your own plane, private plane, all these own private boat, all these things, and you can traverse this planet unmolested on through your own your own devices. I, but that's a step that's a step by step process. I it takes it takes knowledge to uh, to to make yourself private. You know, getting out of a job is like weaning yourself off of drugs. That's like asking a drug dealer, you know, hey, just stop a drug addict, hey, just stop doing drugs tomorrow. He's not going to be able to do that. He has to, you know, he has to detoxify himself and wean himself off of that. Same thing, a dependency. Same thing with people who on the public, they have a dependency on the public. So the first thing we have to do, we have to establish ourselves. We have to wean ourselves off of this dependency. That's going to require you to get some type of spiritual knowledge as well, like it says in the 24th uh, chapter of Matthew, when it says, why are you worried about, I think it's the 15th verse, when it says 15th chapter, it's like, why are you worried about tomorrow? Let me pull this up for you. Now, I'm going to answer your question as far as security party, but I'm giving you the spiritual, the spiritual signification behind it first. Okay, why are you worried about tomorrow? Let me pull this in, Bob. Jesus, don't. Yeah, because you know uh, what what I wanted to kind of talk about is uh, it's a, it's been about a hundred years since this has been going on, and uh, you know longer than that. I think we're yeah, but but we're all meant for this knowledge. So like. You know, it's kind of like, a, hey, uh, yay for FDR. He gave us the new deal because this is really what this is all about, really, is the new deal. It is. And, they and it. people don't know. And everybody asks the question, what was the what was the old deal and what is the new deal? <laughs> you know, if people don't yeah. ask that question, what do you mean new deal? What, what deal? You got to really listen to what's being said. They're making a deal. They're making a contract with you. It's a contract. It's a social contract. You can yeah, tie it up into a contract. Leviticus is all about that. You know, it it gives it defines the parameters of the contract. Exactly, and they're providing a certain service. Their service is that we'll take care of you. That's what the contract is, you know, because we went to the government. The whole thing, when you studied the Great Depression, what was it about? The people couldn't take care of themselves. But you really got to go far beyond that. You got to go back with what was well, the catalyst see, for all, everything that occurred. The New Deal is kind of like how it is with, um, you know, uh, Jesus, the blood of Christ and all that. With, uh, all of debts are paid. All of debts are paid. And... And so I think that's what they're trying to put into to writing and putting into contract with the New Deal is to give a way to – and that's why they, they came up with that Trading with the Enemies Act, right, which is a way for them to separate themselves from you and create a Remember relationship. What? Uh-oh. You keep going in and out. But let me read this real quick, real quick. This right here, this is Matthew chapter 6. This is, 
Now, the reason I read these verses, you got to understand these verses operate off natural law principles, man. You got to understand that when you look at these patriarchs like Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, they, op- they understand natural laws. So their teachings, their principles that are behind their teachings, this is what, this would make, this would bring the Bible alive to you. This would bring the Quran alive to you. This would bring Buddhism alive to you as we understand the principles behind what these people are saying. So when you look at what right here, he talks about, um, let's start at, it says at number five, six, five, Matthew six, five. And without prayest, thou shalt be not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. But they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. You know, you're saying something over and over and over again in church. You know, oh, Lord, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Man, tell you, don't do that right here. All right. But ye therefore, he said, but when you pray, it goes on to be, uh, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Ask this manner, therefore, pray ye, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, uh, on earth as in, uh, that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. And let me talk about forgiveness real quick. But he also repeats this in Mark eleven twenty two to 26 about forgiveness, the importance of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you. You have to have a clean heart. When, when you ask for anything, you have to have a clean heart because guilt will prevent you from having your blessings because it makes you think you're not deserving of something, and you cannot have that feeling. Okay, this is about feelings. Feelings are the emotions. Emotion is energy in motion. So when you ask for something, you impregnate it with an emotion. And you don't want any of these negative emotions being impregnated in your request. So this is why you have to cleanse yourself and work on yourself at first. Forgive, clean your heart, uh, approach something with a clean heart, and make your request. It says, moreover, when you fast, uh, not, uh, be not as the hypocrites of a sad continent, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they will have their reward. But thou wilt not fast, as anoint thy head, and wash thy face. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And the Father which is in secret shall reward you openly. Lay, out, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust and dust corrupt, and where thieves break thou and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor dust go corrupt, and therefore thieves do not break in and steal. Now, where is this heaven he's talking about? This is in Luke 17, 21, where it says, Look ye not there, not here, but the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. Okay, this is talking about your thoughts. Okay, the treasure or the power you have is in your ability to think, not in the material possessions. I, give, I just moved and gave away a whole house full of stuff. Just gave it away. Yeah. Because I yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. understand. 
you know, I just gave it away. I just gave it all away. I was like, I don't need this stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to get to my new destination and just buy some stuff because I've had this stuff, and it's just things. These just things. They come and go. The things don't make me. I make the things. You, you got to understand, these, these are just things. They come and they go, and you can manifest them anytime you want. The treasure is not the thing. You are the treasure. It's not the thing. It's you. It's you. I'm going to say this. I'm going to share this with everybody. Somebody stole. I I just got back to Dallas, right? I just got back to Dallas. And somebody stole my Hellcat. I wasn't here three days. (laughs) I wasn't here three days. And, you know, I got a Hellcat red eye. You know, y'all see on the videos and everything. Stole it in Addison, Texas. Stole my my car, came out the restaurant, it was gone. They they broke the window. They have the little machine they can reprogram the key fob, and it's gone. Because, you know, that car here in Dallas, don't, nobody even have a car. Atlanta, you see them riding around. You don't even see nobody riding around uh, with them in Dallas. So I talked to the detective and everything, and he was telling me how these people want these cars so bad. So this is my message to the person out there. I, I didn't worry about it. Uh, they stopped making the car, so... The insurance, I had gap insurance, I had everything, and they paid the car off. Um, you know, I wasn't worried about the car or anything like that, um, but I couldn't go get another one because they stopped making them, or at least you had to, they're on back order. They're on back order. So it'll be a couple of months before I get another one. But the thing about it is when it happened, I was upset at first. And um, it was a picture of my grandfather. And the only thing that I, I was mad about, out of that, that whole situation with my car getting stolen, was there was a picture of my grandfather in the trunk I had that's been in my family for a long time. And that was the only thing that hurt me because that's the only thing that I really couldn't replace. But that car, the stuff, I just went shopping and bought some stuff from my apartment. It was in the trunk and all kinds of stuff. They took all of that. And, but the thing about it is none of that affected me because I can get all of it back. They just things. And I even had to rationalize, well, maybe it was time for my grandfather's picture to leave me. You know, because everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And it's always for your betterment. It's always for your growth. And you can't grow until you let things go. You know, my grandfather, he was a very, very important you know part of my life. The thing about that is, the, the greatest part about that is that it takes your fear away. You, you don't have fear anymore after that. You don't have fear. You know, they, they stole the car. And I was like, wow, you know, he just took my car. And I sat back and I thought about it for a while. I'm like, wow, the guy just stole my car. You know, and somebody steals something for you, it feels like you got raped. You know, I was, I was feeling like my car somewhere and somebody raping, raping. It's like when somebody steals your car, it's like your woman got, got taken from you and she getting raped somewhere and you can't do nothing to help her. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, that's how I was feeling. I'm like, wow, he just took my car. It's in pristine condition, immaculate condition and everything. But it was like, it was just a thing. I had to think about it. It's a thing. And maybe I needed that eliminated from my life. It eliminated a big bill out of my life, you know, for right now. I don't have that bill anymore. And, um, you know, and to start focusing on what I really need to focus on, investing in real estate, establishing myself financially, getting my estate up to where I want it to be, and stop worrying about these things because these things are just byproducts of doing the right thing consistently. They're just byproducts of things, right? You need to stay focused on what it is that you need to do, not these things. They're just things. And people will rob and steal you for things. 
I want the robber and the 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 the, the, the person out there, the criminal. I want you to think because I've been in that. I've been I've been on that side before. I've been on that side. I know how you think, but I know how wrong I was in my thinking. I know how unnecessary it is. The first thing that you're going to have to understand is you get away with nothing. That the universe favors balancement, and you have to pay for everything that you do. This is when they say fear the Lord. What they're really saying is fear the law. Understand that the law is going to exact retribution against you exactly to the proportion of what you put out. That's why the scales of justice is called the scales, balancement. Even in Egypt, when you look at Anubis, right, weighing the feather of Mot against the heart, which is the feather of truth, the scales must be balanced. The universe favors balancement. So you, that means you get away with nothing. That's what, that, is called, that is called the law of karma. That is why they say do unto others. Jesus even said it. He said do unto others as he would have them do unto you. Sometimes we, and you know, young people, we have to bang our head against the wall and everything because we don't believe that. But then life teaches it to us. We start experiencing the things that we put out. And then as you get older and wiser, you know, you know what? I didn't get away with nothing. You know, I stole a stole million dollars, a million dollars got taken from me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you just see, you see that. And you start to see, and it, that's why it's futile. You know, it's just useless to engage in an activity. And then that's when you begin to understand the benefit of living honorably and doing the things that I'm talking about right now, because that's going to lead to you having a long, peaceful life. Even Tahuti said it in the Emerald Tablets of Thought. Once you balance yourself, when you have any type of bad thing happen to your life, it really is evidencing that there's some sort of imbalancement in your life, and, that, and, and it's seeking to reestablish itself. If you were perfectly balanced, you wouldn't even age. Aging is a sign that there's some imbalancement somewhere that needs to be reestablished. Because when you're balanced, that means things don't change. Aging is a sign of change. Perfect balancement, no change. Think about what I'm saying. It's something that's very difficult to do. I'm not saying it's easy to do. But think about the principle that I'm talking about. Sit back and marinate and meditate on it. Think about what I'm saying to you. Change. But as far as, let me lay this very, okay, it goes on, it says, where your treasure is, it says, where your treasure is, there will your heart all be also, your mind. The light of the body is the eye. It goes right into talking about the third eye. It says the light of the body is the eye, not the eyes. The eye, your mind's eye. Close your eyes. Close your eyes, and you can still see. You can see the images in your mind. Close your eyes. The eyes, you don't see with, you know why you can still see? Because we were taught this in our initiation. You don't see with your eyes. You think you see with your eyes. You don't see with your eyes. The optic nerve is the crucial part of the eyes that's connected to the brain. You see with your brain is what you see. The eyes are just the window. That's the lens. If, you, if the optic nerve gets destroyed, that's permanent blindness. You see with your mind. You don't, you don't believe me? Do this test. You ever seen one of those little games where it's a piece of paper and, it's, and it, you don't see nothing? It just looks like a whole bunch of colors and everything. And I ask you, do you see the dog running, chasing the ball? 
He said, I don't see nothing. I just see a paper full of colors. And then I said, well, keep staring at it. And as soon as you keep staring at it, all of a sudden an image pops out. That right there is evidence that you see with your mind and not with your eyes. Your mind had to reestablish what it is that what you were looking at and make sense of it. Okay, this type of training is necessary for you to, in order for you to see into the spiritual world. There are things right before your eyes, but your mind hasn't been trained to make sense of it. The form, there's a whole world. You're only seeing about 10% of the electromagnetic spectrum. I think it's less than that, maybe 2% of the visible world you see with your corporal senses. There's a whole world in existence beyond your ability to perceive it with the five corporal senses. So this is some sort of training that you get and understanding that's an evidence right there. When you do those little puzzles like that, I want you to stop and contemplate and meditate on that. Did I see with my eyes or did I see with my mind? Your mind is what you see with. It's the training. You train yourselves to perceive things. You can be trained to do that. Well, yeah, you know, uh, fear guides a lot of people's perception. uh, People are influenced by fear even through their physical perception. It's amazing. Well, this is also why this is also why they say he he who controls the paradigm is God. The the person who controls your paradigm is your God. The person wherever you get your beliefs and everything everything that every construct that you subscribe to, the person who gave that to you is your God. The person who's telling you what's true and what's not true, and you haven't taken the time to prove it to yourself. You're free. You were born free. You're free. You're free. Nobody well, has any authority know, over you. We're fortunate. We're so fortunate. You know, we don't have to, to rely on the Dewey Decimal System. We can Google everything and educate ourselves and, you know, open, you know, expand our 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 perception of what we see, you know, and uh, we're lucky. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I was trying to talk about, you know. That's what I think this uh, new deal is about, is them contracting, uh, you know, a way for them to contract so they can legitimize what they're doing. And I think it's coming to a head now because then nobody used our exemptions as, you know, you know, we're not part of the system. And they just tricked us into accepting that and – now that people they are did. aware of it, they, they, they want they want to get they, rid they, of it. Yeah, they, they want to. They tricked us into accepting monopoly money. They 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 they, they hid from us value. They, you know, when they, the, the whole thing rested on taking the gold and yeah, silver. It, that was a big coup for them. It's all there. Taking they the medium of exchange of the private citizens was the biggest thing that they could have done because they eliminated. That was a that was private property that kept the government out of your business. That was the first yes. foothold they the got in communist. by getting us to take Federal Reserve notes. The damn communists. But like they said, there's always, and that's why the principle of polarity, there are two sides to everything. Yeah, they took the gold and silver, and they had us using Federal Reserve notes, but they had to give a remedy. The law always have to give a remedy. They had to give that, and that's what the exemption is. Right? There isn't any money. 
Okay, he who has the gold pays the bill. That's why the government is responsible for it because they are the trustees of the gold. There's no, they didn't take our gold without an expectation of a return. They had to return it to us. They, we just loaned it to them. Okay, they got to well, give that back to in us. But in principle, isn't that what revelations means? It's the revealing of, you know, where now. I think I think it's happening right now. I think when you see people like Andrew Tate, I think when you see people like Kanye West, um, Kyrie Irving. I think those are uh, those are just the beginning of what we're about to start seeing. Uh, you're going to start seeing an onslaught of individuals start to wake up and they start to being able to see the truth and uh, start to change the paradigm and change the narrative. You know, one of the books that um, I used to read was a book called The Matrix by Val Valerian, and all those books were about about paradigm, about about people coming together. If people came together as a collective, you could change. It's, it's like the walls of Jericho. When they went, they, they were chanting around the walls of Jericho and, and the walls came tumbling down. If you want these walls to come tumbling down to this system, then you all have to come together and you all have to have the same vision. The same. That's, why, that's why it's so important for them to separate everybody because there is so much power in the imagination of a collective coming together and visualizing the same thing. There's no power in the universe that can stand before that. So that is why everything, if you notice everything about them, they call their entire system voluntary. It's a voluntary system. It has to be a voluntary system. If it weren't voluntary, there would be no judgment day. You cannot be judged on anything you were forced to do. You cannot be judged on something you were forced to do. I think that people should consider is that, you know, most regular people, they don't do anything really bad. The, the people who are doing bad things, they're eating little kids and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, they have real things. Let's get into a discussion about that. Let's get into Let's get into I think one of the biggest problems, too, is this concept of good and bad. And I think that that is one of the biggest um, biggest chess moves on theirs that's in favor of them because they understand this. Okay, there is no such thing as good and bad. Now, follow me here, because I know people are like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Good and evil. Let me be more specific. Good and evil. The word good, you take O away from it, you get God. At a D to evil, you get devil. So these are concepts that you came up with. Right? And it gives, and it makes people think that there are two powers, good and evil. There are not two powers vying with each other. There's only one power. There's one source of everything. That source has manifested different principles of creation that we call natural laws, but there's only one power. Okay, nature doesn't look at anything in terms of good and bad. When you study nature, you see sharks out here killing other animals. You see lions out there hunting. When you look into nature, you don't see no good and evil. We see the survival of the fittest when you look into nature. So good and evil is a concept that man has come at. That's one of those paradigms that we got to get away from. One of the things that you should be saying is agreeable and disagreeable. Something is agreeable to you or disagreeable to you. Because what might be good for you might not necessarily be good for me. And what's good for me might not necessarily be good for you. This is also a reason why we have a Matthew 7, 1, where it tells you to judge not, these he be judged, because the judgment you meet out will be meted out to you. You don't possess enough, um, you do not possess enough wisdom to make a judgment. And this is when I said this, um, when we got initiated, we had one of those stories about Abraham and Melchizedek. 
And when um, Abraham was, uh, he was going into the order of Melchizedek, as it says in uh, Hebrews, I think Hebrews chapter 7, it talks about uh, Jesus was in the order of Melchizedek. Order Melchizedek. Melchizedek is the Hebrew word which means Melizodok. The Zodok was a priesthood. And Melech comes from the word Malik, which means uh, angel. So it's an angel of justice. I, or messenger of justice is what the, the name is saying, and it's a seat I, that you occupy. And Melchizedek, when Abraham was being um, initiated into the order, he got taken on a trip. He, he got a test, and he was asked, he said, look, I'm going to take you on a test. And he said, and we're going to see some things, and I don't want you to ask, ask, ask no questions. So they came across a man with a fishing boat. Okay, and the man greeted him, hey, Melchizedek, it's good to see you, blah, blah, blah. And he was taking his catch into the house to feed his family. And when he went into the house, Melchizedek drilled a hole in his boat and sunk his boat. And Abraham said, why did you sink the man's boat? He needs his boat to provide for his family. And Melchizedek said, look, didn't I tell you don't ask me any questions? You failed the first test. And then they came across a man at a market as they continued on in their travels. And this man said, hey, Melchizedek and Abraham, how are you doing? And he went into the back, and then Abraham took all of his food and threw it in the trash. And, and Abraham said, why did you dump all that man's wares in the trash? He needed all that to feed his family. And he said, didn't I tell you not to ask me any questions? You have failed the second test. And then we go to the third test, which was with the king of the land, who had a newborn son, a prince. And Abraham was on his way to bless his son. And the king left him alone so he could perform his blessing on his son with him and Abraham. And when the king left, Abraham, uh, Melchizedek took out a knife and cut the baby's throat. And Abraham went ballistic. He said, what have you done? Why did you kill this man's son? And, and uh, Melchizedek told him once again, told him once again, he said, didn't I tell you not to ask any questions? You failed the last test. He said, let me tell you what it was. The man with the boat, there was a tax collector in the area. Okay, the man needs the boat to, to feed his family, and he didn't have the money. The tax collector was going to take his boat in lieu of paying for his taxes. I sunk the boat as the tax collector come. He went on. He can go out and get his boat, repair the hole, and continue feeding his family. The man with the bad food, he was going to get put in prison for food poisoning people. And then the young prince, he was going to grow up and be, and be responsible for killing millions of people. Now, that right there is called a paradigm shift. Once you are provided with additional information, okay, your whole out view or outlook on the situation changes. This is why you should reserve your comment until you get all the facts. And usually you don't have enough facts to make to comment on something because you are not the creator of the boundless universe and you don't have that much wisdom. Think about what I'm saying. Anyway, my brother, I got to go to the final call. I appreciate it. I'm going to take one more call, all right? Peace to the God. Thank you. Thank you. Peace and love. Hi, you're welcome. Area code 208-4487. You're on the line. What's on your mind? 208 area code. Hit your mute button. 208. 208-4487. The mic's open. Going once. Going twice. All right, y'all, that's it. All right, that's it for me today. How long did I go today? Man, I'd be, man, I could be, I'd be running my mouth. Oh, my God, I'd be running my mouth. I, I, I mean, how long was I on today? 
I don't like. Hey. On time. I only got 10 more minutes left on the stream anyway. So, yeah, it was time for me to hang up and get off. You've been going what? Hey. Two, almost three hours. Three hours. All right, y'all, that was it for today. Y'all, hopefully we got a little bit of natural law, a little bit of secure party, a little bit of process, everything in one today. Somebody tell you discharge IRS debt. You discharge all debt the same exact way. Please do not ask me how to discharge something and think it's some different process. All debt is discharged the exact same way. Learn how to do an administrative process. Come to SBC University at sbcuniversity.com. We're having class tomorrow. Yes, we're having class. I haven't had class. I was moving. I just, I just relocated back to Dallas, Texas. I'm no longer in Atlanta. I'm in Dallas, Texas now. I'm back home. So that's why I didn't have class or anything like that because I had stuff everywhere. Car got stolen. I've been going through all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but it's all good. It's for the betterment. The blessing coming. Um, Cash App is use of L19. If you feel it within your spirit, you like today's broadcast and you want to donate, please donate. You need to read the, um, the law of tenfold return. Do you know that I give to all the other, I give to all the other content creators that I enjoy. If they got a way for me to donate, I donate to them because I understand the law of reciprocity. They gave me something, I give it back and it comes back 10 times fold. It's called, read the book, The Law of Tenfold Return. You need to start putting some of these things into practice. That's why you don't have anything. If you don't have anything, it's why. Because you have to give in order to receive. Because the universe abhors a vacuum. I want you to marinate, marinate on that and think about what I'm saying. You've been listening to the hottest radio network in the, in the world. Here you go. Where, where is it right here? You're, 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 you're listening to Yusuf L on the baddest radio network on the planet, High Frequency Radio. My man, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right? Let's get it. I love you. This is right here. All right, y'all. That's it for me today. I will catch y'all tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to try to wake up early in the morning. We're going to do another one. Do it again. You're afraid of us. That's it, my major practice. I know you're afraid. afraid I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you.